to this show called Harsh Realm. Do you all know about this television show? Harsh Realm? No. Oh, no. oh my fucking God. Yes. <laughs> yes. Wait, I have, okay, I should say. Harsh Realm? I have not yes. seen it, oh, but I, okay. I do, I, I vividly remember ads on TV when I was, was it, I in middle school? Oh, it's an old, sh- it's an older show? It's Chris Carter's, one of his first projects after, after the X-Files. X-Files. Yes. yes. Uh, it that is was all, all on YouTube. And it is about, it's going to take a while for me to get to what the show is about. Okay. But it's about a soldier who is being put into an experimental virtual reality that the mm. government has built and maintained in 1995 is okay. when this show takes place. Okay. And it, set, and it, was, sorry, it was made in 99. 99. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. So far, I love it. And yep. um, <laughs> he's supposed to capture this guy named Santiago, who is played by Locke from Lost. And... Ooh. He, uh, in this uh, virtual realm, he's trapped there and discovers it's some kind of scam that everybody's trying to capture Santiago, but no one can, and they're just trapped in this this harsh realm. realm? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So apparently there are realm. nine episodes? Yeah, there are nine episodes. And so like, canceled they can't, abruptly. They can't figure out how to make you care about the fact that anything's <laughs> happening in a virtual reality. They Aww. just haven't figured it out in the pilot. They didn't figure it out in the second episode either, which we watched. Did <laughs> they do like a like, I wonder like what happens by the nine. style like graphics or something? No, it's a live action, baby. Oh, <laughs> like, boy. So what does the harsh realm look like live action? How yeah. harsh is this realm? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so like my favorite thing is they feel the need to add a subtitle every time there's a scene in the harsh realm that indicates in the harsh that's in the harsh realm. But it has like like location names like um uh, the the Pittsburgh encampment and it's just yeah. fucking like trash cans on fire. And it's like I'm pretty sure this is evident that this is not the harsh realm. Yeah. <laughs> like this Pittsburgh is doesn't look Chicago. like this. This is Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. What I also love is the harsh realm fake, so how would you know? Well no they the there is certain some characters are in the harsh realm. <laughs> And but concurrent how to other the, things happening. I already so how can we tell the, the real realm, realm from the harsh realm? The harsh realm is okay. So the it's harsh like the Matrix, realm. The only difference between that universe and ours, it is a universe. Everybody's dad in it. Everybody's in the harsh realm. Some of them are virtual characters, and some of them are like player characters that NPCs are NPCs versus not. Versus not. Okay. But in the harsh realm, it's supposed to be a military training exercise for a world in which a nuclear explosion has gone off in New York City. Okay. And um, <clears throat> the harsh realm, therefore. <laughs> There is part of it is ruled by uh, General Santiago, who is now doing a coup. And you know he's evil because he slapped a lady in the face. No. Uh, Yeah, unfortunately. I want to put a bullet in him. (laughs) (laughs) And um, the main character of the show really seems confused about the concept of of the virtual world being virtual. So he meets the NPC that's based off of his wife, who's married (laughs) to someone else. And then he like just fucking kidnaps her. Oh, the NPC? Yeah. Well, it's just Sims. You can do whatever you want. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And then he makes a a pool. He takes out all the ladders. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he throws a toaster in it. This and also, three perfect. episodes of this aired on Fox, and then the remaining six were were shoved over to FX. And then when Lost came out, they released those on DVD. Ah, oh, they were like, ooh, let's capitalize. Terry yeah, O'Quinn it's the was same thing hot. as like Profit. Have you seen the television show Profit? Yeah, I've heard of that. Show I've heard of that. Oh, it's very good. That show is so good. <laughs> 
Wait, 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 wait. What's it's, prophet? Um, the pl- politician from uh, Heroes, the one that flies. I didn't uh, see Heroes either. God, he, I'm so he plays, that guy. He I plays just like... Jim Prophet, uh, an evil exec <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. who is uh, doesn't have any parents. He's an orphan that was raised by television. Literally, he sleeps in a cardboard box in front of a TV because that's what reminds him of his childhood. Oh, that's where, fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah, a little bit of cultural commentary. And uh, it, yeah. caused, <laughs> it caused some controversy in the, quote, business community who objected to how badly business people were portrayed in the oh show. Oh, my God, This was like really? the first anti-hero drama. How but quickly did insane. that? But it's insane. It's crazy. <laughs> that was, yeah, that so was, he's just a bad guy, so businessmen as business a class men, of people were They were, were like, upset. It's this gives businessmen a bad name. People oh. called his performance uh, enthralling, even dangerous. Okay, so Ooh. here's so I'm on the Wikipedia entry for profit, and it says here the second paragraph considered by many to have been well ahead of its time. The series was a precursor to the early 21st century trend of quote edgy TV melodramas featuring dark themes and multidimensional characters such as Ooh. The Sopranos, Mad Men, Nip Tuck, Dexter, The Practice of the House. The one, thing, all those the one thing you really Nip need talk. to know though is that. <laughs> Make them kiwi size. This takes... It's in the same universe as yeah. the television show Angel. And in the fifth season of Angel, Jim Prophet was supposed to be working at Wolfram and Hart, but there was what? a scheduling conflict between him and uh, David Green, who was one of the creators of Prophet. Oh, this what? gives me anxiety just knowing these plot lines <laughs> and that they crossover. even intersect a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I know. So that means that, that, that this show takes place in a world full of vampires. Yes! Nice. <laughs> wow. They don't know. And, and they have no idea. <laughs> It's just tangentially elsewhere yeah. in that world. And Not a big deal to there's these evil television There's a hell mouth of like a couple cities over. Like, yeah. you know, they're in California. Yeah. So listeners, I think it's pretty clear based on the past five minutes of conversation that this is, can't get enough of Keanu, the internet's oh, premier oh, Keanu yeah. Reeves We're podcast. We're circling around the 90s. In which we explore yeah. the filmography of that great ageless enigmatic Canadian actor movie. By movie, I'm Patrick Willems. I'm Jake Torpy. I'm Matt Torpy. Hello. Our guest today, Gita Jackson. Welcome to the show. Hello, I'm Gita Jackson, and I'm <laughs> hey. on the show. How's it Welcome. going? Uh, really, really good, actually. Nice. I watched some quality movies today, and then Har- I immediately got to talk about it. So. Harsh Ooh. Realm and, of course, Johnny Mnemonic in the span of 24 hours. It's really been a whirlwind for me. Yeah. <laughs> I see so many visions of, like, 2021. But circa 1993. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love that. I love the idea that so Best much opening. would happen to the world in like 40 years. And yet the resolution on, on screens would stay exactly the same. <laughs> they all have CRTs. And, okay, we'll get yeah. into that later. The aesthetics, though, are, are on point in this movie. This movie is oh, yeah. pure. It, my boyfriend said it's bleeding style, and that is absolutely true. There is no substance whatsoever, nope. yep. but it is aesthetic as hell. I love it. I love okay. it so much. We got to back up for a second. Because, Gita, since you are here, you are our guest, we have to ask you, we have to end, do our, our recurring segment called yes. Keanu Chronicles and ask you when you first encountered Keanu Reeves. Um, I was terrified of The Matrix when I was a child. I saw it, but then I also could not stop thinking about it. In an effort to uh, get over my fear of the idea of this reality not actually being my lived mm. reality, that was mm-hmm. the thing that freaked me out when I was 10. I'm normal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's it's, natural. It's freaking out grown people now. Yeah, that yeah. X-Files episode also, where they're like in the in being digested by that fungus that makes them feel like they're in a in living out their actual life, yeah. but it's a fungus. Also oh, freaked me out. Don't know why my parents let me, me watch X Files. I'd that. rather be farmed for my electrical yeah. output. Yeah, this yeah. is stealth. An episode about Chris Carter. Low key, <laughs> a little bit. One of the yes. finest yeah. writers of our generation. <laughs> Truly. I just want to know what the fuck he thinks about all day long. <laughs> 
just sits yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> Chris, like... what are you doing right now, buddy? <laughs> Honestly, Chris, come on the show. Open invitation. What? A... Hey, oh, wait, wait. Oh, we should have Chris get. Carter for our Matrix episode. Ooh, that would be yeah. so that would be tight. I mean, that would be a huge coup for the show, right? Oh, for yeah, sure. that would be Santiago could even have hoped for. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay, so yeah, it just Matrix, you out. like, it freaked me out. Then I became obsessed with it, and like, part yeah. of it was Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss. Carrie Ann Moss deserved a better career, honestly. Um, yeah, yeah. Then the bye bye hey. man. Yeah. Yeah. Coming back for Matrix Four. That oh, is true. Fucking. So- I mean, she her acting in Memento really should have been the thing that hur- hurdled her into a lot of really tense, tight family dramas. But it just never yeah. did. Like she was so good in Memento. She was much better than everyone else in Memento. Yeah. Um, She's very really lost. Good. What happened to her? Uh, well, she of course starred in uh, the film Red Planet alongside. Val Kilmer. I remember that, and that's the last thing and I remember. That, that was one of those two Mars movies that yeah. came out around the same time. Both flopped. Yeah. Um, I think Red Planet flopped harder than Mission <laughs> to Mars. And uh, and then and then she just kind of floated around for a, a <laughs> while. I mean, like, really, when she popped up in Jessica Jones, people were like, whoa, Carrie Ann Moss, where has she been for, yeah. like, And she's still great years? in that yeah. show. She's fantastic. The uh, Death by a Thousand Cuts scene. I loved that one. Right. That, yeah. She's really mm. good. And uh, <laughs> we'll, I mean, we're going to spend, like, three weeks talking about her yeah. when we cover yeah, the Matrix movie. Yeah, yeah, so we'll, we'll go through that. <laughs> and uh, I think, you know, sometime in high school after, first I had a crush on Johnny Depp, which I'm glad that I sort of burned that one out when everyone saw uh, Pirates of the Caribbean and I was like, now it's not cool to have a crush on Johnny Depp anymore because no. everyone oh, does. Oh, really? You cut it off at 03? Just I got, hard when he was at the peak of his popularity? I just got so pissed because I'd been telling all the girls in my class that he was so hot and they were not listening to me and then they saw The Matrix and they were like, oh my God, Gita, did you know that Johnny Depp is so hot? And I'm like, yes, I did know that. <laughs> I told you. So you yeah, pivoted to Keanu? Well, yeah, I got really interested in The Matrix again. This was like the advent I mean, that, of... It was 03. 03 like, was the year of Pirates of the Caribbean and The Matrix sequels. Yeah, The Matrix sequels came out. And this was also a time where it was like really easy to rent shit on DVD. And we yeah. lived somewhere where I could pick up three movies over the weekend and watch a movie every day of the weekend. And yeah, that's it, dope. It was, I mean, it was an extremely tight time to be a teenager. <laughs> um, so the, from there, I was just like, I was in this place where I did not have very many friends, and I just decided I was going to watch everything in his filmography. It was also like the beginning of IMDb and stuff, so I could mm. do that. And wait, wait, should you really be the host of this yes, podcast? I didn't make it through oh. all of them. How far did you get? I um, He was having like a little bit of a renaissance at that time, too, or a couple years after, maybe my freshman year of high school. Where he was in uh, Thumbsucker. Yeah. And Something's Gotta Give. Yeah. Mm. Constantine in 05. Yeah. Scanner Darkly. Yeah. 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 I think with Scanner Darkly, that really was like, he started doing a lot of really interesting roles after yeah. that. Yeah. And that was like, it was mostly getting caught up in that stuff. Okay. So you didn't go back to like the very early stuff and do no, everything? No. I didn't watch Point Break until college. Okay. And you haven't seen like Young Blood or Dream to Believe, have no, you? No. Weirdly, okay. I haven't seen the movies that are his like most critically acclaimed. Also, I didn't <laughs> see My Own Private Idaho. I've never seen that. Wait, oh, so you mean you yeah. haven't seen Flying slash Teenage Dream slash right. Dream to Believe? That's one movie with three titles? Yeah. That, no, I have not seen it's his first film. that movie. No. We've seen it. Well, it's on YouTube. It's free. <laughs> I love to learn this. Uh, if you, you want to see basically a Canadian attempt to meld John Hughes with Flashdance. Fantastic. Where Keanu Reeves basically plays Ducky. Wow. It that sounds fantastic, for you. but it's worse than all of those things. <laughs> yeah. But still kind of fun. 
Right. You know? Yeah. Also, so we're it's not trying to give it a quality check here. Yeah. The way it's not Harsh great. Realm sounds pretty cool, <laughs> but probably sucked ass. I mean, I thought it was tight, but I was like really, really high when we were yeah. watching it. Yeah. Well, that sounds about it. Yeah. Yeah. Really, Your my... one functioning brain cell is yeah. like, hell yeah. <laughs> my boyfriend came back from Los Angeles and he had like an entire suitcase worth of edibles, basically. Oh, so, nice. Oh, I was hoping yeah. you'd say he had like the entire DVD box set of Harsh Realm. I yep. mean, he does own profit on DVD. So, like, that might be reality. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I really love my boyfriend. <laughs> Sounds like a good guy. Yeah. yeah. Shout um, out. Shout out. Hey, shout out friend. to your loved ones. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you, you watch all these Keanu movies. Did yeah. you have, so this is like you and 03. Did you have favorites? His performance these? in Thumbsucker is really, really good. I totally forgot about it. I haven't that. seen it. He is this orthodontist who is teaching this kid how not to suck his thumb. And he's like, yeah. he's like, okay, I can do it to you like the above the board, like orthodontist recommended way, or I have some other tips that are more spiritual and you'll have to have an open mind. And the kid's like, I just want to stop sucking my thumb. Give me yeah. whatever you got. And he's like, okay, we're going to do meditation. We're going to give you a spirit animal. And you're going to think about the spirit animal every time you want to suck your thumb. <laughs> and it works for him. But yeah. the meditation to make him into a more confident version of himself also makes him look more arrogant and like kind of a shitty teenager. And right. that's the conflict of the movie. And so Keanu though comes, he he situates himself perfectly in that sort of heightened reality, uh, magical realism tone of this movie right. where he is the absolute perfect guide for this character mm-hmm. to go into a reality that's like just like ours, but slightly altered. Yeah. And he does a lot of the stuff here where you like, you can have Keanu Reeves say, any weird shit that you want and he will make it sound normal. Like, yeah. he does that. Like, that is one of my favorite things is, about him as an actor. Is that yeah. movie Broken Social Scene? Yeah. Did they do the This music? was the in the era spree, of Polyphonic like, Polyphonic Spree, that's maybe what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, this was also in a post-Garden State era. So oh, yeah, was, the indie the soundtrack. Ooh, those yeah, the soundtracks at the time. So Nobody I, knows yeah. this anymore. I the Twilight <laughs> soundtrack, still really good. I yeah. haven't seen Thumbsucker, but what I always think, whenever I hear of it, it came out around the same time called, as a movie called The Chum Scrubber. And I once rented that movie <laughs> while trying to rent The Thumbsucker. Yeah, and I haven't seen either one, but it's just weird that they had those titles and came out around the same time. They're too. both good, honestly. I also I thought seen of... either one. Uh, but we'll see Thumbsucker, obviously, yeah. we have to cover it. I don't know why I lump <clears throat> Thumbsucker in, probably because I saw them both at some point, but I saw Short Bus... <laughs> Very different movie. So that different. is a really, really different movie. Yeah, yeah. I know, yeah. I know. But like, but just they're in both my mind. cool indie movies that came out about the same year. I mean, they were Thumbsucker was that was like written and directed by. I forget the director's name. I think it's the husband of Miranda July. Who yeah, I think also you're right because it lot felt of like that. extremely Miranda July. Yeah, yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, and uh, and Short Bus was oh, oh, John oh, Cameron oh. Mitchell. Yeah, Thumbsucker um, is Mike Mills. Mike Mills, yeah, yeah. Is he the husband of Miranda July? Uh, yes. Because I remember yeah, also yes, seeing me, you, and everyone you know around but, the same time. But he time. also made, like, he made Beginners. He made yeah. 20th Century Women. Um, yes. He has this movie that sounds good coming out next year. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it's called. Oh, Untitled Maybe. Mike Mills Project. Oh, very <laughs> good. Okay, sorry, very cool. His movie next year has Joaquin Phoenix in it. Oh, um, oh good. And so, uh, but right. yeah, I, like, I, I like Mike Mills, but sound I haven't good. seen Thumbsucker. Yeah. Dude, imagine a movie called Chumsucker. No it's thanks. Nasty. That yeah. sounds gnarly. That's nasty. <laughs> That's a nasty film. That's the that... XXX porn parody. Yeah. Oh, Yo, ew. one of my friends from high school actually watched Edward Penis Hands, and then he made like a super cut of all the moments that disturbed him the most. And <laughs> Wait, can you please describe me? what you think Chum Sucker would be as a porn? I mean, it's about like licking like ass. Best... It's oh, about your ass best eating. Yeah. You suck off your best friend, Chum Sucker. <laughs> oh, 
No. I was thinking chum like the stuff you dump in the ocean well, to attract sharks. I know, sharks. I know, but I, that's what well, I was trying to like. Maybe it's what a is gunge. The, what, what, I mean, what is... You've, you've seen The Chum Scrubber. The Chum Scrubber What's is about? about a kid whose best friend commits suicide, but it's, again, magical realism, and he sees the guy as a ghost um, and is, like, haunting him. And this kid, him and this best friend made up a comic book character called The Chum Scrubber. And, oh, and he just they sees okay. visions of that. And, like, everybody in this community of, like, rich, like, Orange County people, this was also an Orange County era of, yeah. of life where yeah. people were really concerned with rich, you know, the rich elites on the West Coast. Yeah. What are their emotional issues? Let's yeah. take a peek behind well, the curtain. They exactly. apparently what had lots, to? according to the Chum Scrubber. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. A, can we just do a bonus Chum Scrubber episode? <laughs> it's, a, it's a misleading title, I, I would like say. saying. Yeah, if you're making, like, decisions I on I thought it would watch. be about boats, but it's not. Yeah. It's about uh, sad teenagers in the suburbs. Aww, nobody's yeah. scrubbing any poop decks nowhere. about those people? <laughs> okay. Chump Scrubber would be like the lighthouse. It's like, should be like a, you know, except when they're It'll on their the way to over the to the lighthouse. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, wait. So, Brigitte, other important question. Why did you choose Johnny Mnemonic? So, oh, yeah. we were at a party and I was trying to remember movies that he was in. And I also remembered <laughs> that I really, really liked uh, this sort of uh, Keanu Reeves as an actor my favorite thing about him is that he'll do really random shit wait do you mean the party where we had this conversation yes. and I said want to come on the show yeah. and you said I want to do Johnny Demonic yeah <laughs> that one yes I remember yes. that party that we were at a party and we were having this conversation you asked me on the show and you, I was, you were like God, what a movie and I was like you know, like I really like the kind of thing like he does with like John Mnemonic where he does something really fucking out there. Like mm. when he did that movie, it was like what, 95, 96? It was, this is a 95 movie coming yep. right off of the massive success of Speed. Yeah. Yeah. So this is not exactly the movie you'd follow up Speed with. Speed yeah. is a vehicle that turns you into an action star. Yeah. And he, this is not an, an action star movie, but he does things because he finds them interesting, mm -hmm. not because they'll be successful necessarily. Mm -hmm. And he knew that even when he was like a young actor, you know, yeah. people talk about Keanu Reeves as if he has an early period where he was stupid and a late period where he's good. He yeah. was good the whole way through. And That's even what I'm though trying to say. And this movie is bonkers. This movie is fucking insane. I love it. Yeah. Truly. It's so good. Like it's this was it his sense of taste is so refined and it was even then this is like a tumblr blog of the cyberpunk aesthetic i just like that yeah, he seems right. to embrace yeah. just like his own personal like weird tastes and not feel that he needs to make more calculated things based on like what is the marketplace doing right yeah. now you know yeah. like because it just seems to work out for him that he follows his interests and it tended to he's when did the help like him? original hollywood cool he makes cool he doesn't follow trends of what cool is I do right. feel and like it's a little bit of luck on his part though that they worked I mean, out this movie as is... well as they, this movie did not work out for him no because we'll this talk movie about, worked but... out yeah. it, it, it hurt everyone involved <laughs> people I... make fun of i've heard like this is another one of those roles that I've heard people just sort of like quote and meme about yeah. in a completely derisive way. But Mostly, he's... I need a computer. That's like the main line that I've just heard for forever before seeing I've always this heard movie. I want middle, room service. In the yeah. middle of watching this movie, well, during one of the rants that I will make this joke make sense later to our listeners at home, but I just remember thinking, man, I can't believe they made a movie about Twitter. <laughs> wait, wait. I, I kind of want to get online. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, look, I don't know about you guys, but my Twitter experience is very much like the scene where Johnny puts on the goggles and the gloves. Yeah. Yeah. Yes! 
and just Yo, you, that's you that's on a daily basis. That no, is some... me, it's the one where the bodyguard just starts having a fucking seizure. That's <laughs> me after enough time on Twitter. <laughs> like, in a oh. mall, right? That's what malls are like in yeah, 2021, dude. Exactly. It's well, just a whole bunch of nude mannequins and a couple of trash can vibes. Yeah. Listen, I relate to hey, Dolph Lundgren's character. I just feel like I'm going to hard pedal in the opposite direction, just get really religious in a very psychotic way. Religious, that's what's going to so happen to me. Yeah, too. But full of like android parts and shit and just like <laughs> capable of Jesus. getting damaged by ultrasonic beams it's sent out by a dolphin. Not to talk about this entire movie at once because so many events happen. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough. On, yeah, this is a movie that is very much more about the moments yeah. than about it as a hole. I yeah. think this also is um, there a hole when it comes to this movie? Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to hole say what head. this is about. <laughs> nice, Jake. Um, Jake, nice, dude. Yes. What did Jake do? First pun of the day. Is said, there a hole for when it comes to this movie? And Jake said a hole, a hole in the in head because he plugs in. Nice, nice. Yes. Yeah. I do want to say it was just a non-laughing but sort of just objective <laughs> appreciation of something Jake said. <laughs> that was good. I do want to say just rewinding to talking about Keanu and choosing projects because right. a lot of I think that this movie kind of represents a lot of like a lot about his decision-making process, yeah. where I think what he usually goes to is he wants to work with interesting people. And you look at, like, just the directors that he worked with, like, in the first, like, seven years of his career. Yeah. Where uh, he's got, like, the the big guys, like Coppola. And, uh, and you know, I guess, it's like, Stephen Frears is fairly important. Frears was very, very famous at the time. Or yeah. He's well-known. But but then but Gus he's Van also but, but also just things like like Gus Van Sant was like just starting out. That's true. And then he hooks up with him and does like two movies in a row with him. Yep. Uh, he really just like it's like he finds interesting. He has good taste and finds interesting people doing mm-hmm. interesting projects and uh, and and seems more interested in that than like how will this benefit me? It's or the way how to will go. This, like elevate me. But also you can see things about his taste and it's like, look, this movie has a lot of similarities to The Matrix. Yeah, and you can see that he was into this shit he yeah. from an earlier age. You so know, what, he's what, a dude from California who clearly smokes a lot of weed. He read, he read, <laughs> his, Philip, he read his Philip K. Dick. Yep. You yep. know, and he must have. I bet you he read. When did Neuromancer become like more like widely popular? Because I don't think it was like a big deal when it was also, published. You look at the kind of people he was hanging like out with in movie. Hollywood in his early career, and it yeah. was all of these sort of like young, beautiful, intellectual types. You right. know, yeah. like yeah. him and River Phoenix sitting around like reading books. Yeah. Yo, can you imagine the influence of the Phoenix family if he's just hanging out with oh like River and Rain, Rain and, and Leaf <laughs> at the time, and even like Martha Plimpton if they were still yeah. dating like back in yeah. the 80s yeah. or whatever, yeah. and just getting like the book recommendations from that family alone or yeah. just movies they were watching. That's got to yeah. shape like a huge part yeah. of your taste. And then a William Gibson movie comes along yeah. that he wrote. Yep. Yes, like, that's he really jumped on that. Like Honestly, having watched this and seeing that like no, I mean, regardless of what we think of the movie, it seemed like the people involved in it weren't really happy with how it turned out. Right. Like it wasn't the experience anyone wanted. Yeah. I feel like he, like Keanu like had this itch that this didn't fully scratch and so the Matrix yeah. was like, Good. Good. Like I, I love cyberpunk. Yeah. I really want to be jacked into something. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe this is the one that's gonna work out. Please put so a fucking ox port in my yeah. body somewhere. I need to be jacked. He in. must have been kicking himself that he didn't get into existence. 
You know? Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 But, well, He's I mean, you out. know what? He won in the end because in yeah. the Matrix, he had the most holes in him. Yeah. Yes. He had only sure. one in this one. Existence, I think, had had a bit more holes. Oh, it just had one had hole, holes. but it was the grossest hole. It was the yeah, grossest it was hole. A, yeah, the yeah. most tactile hole. That's like, yeah. what if your Wiimote also looked like a fucking peener? Yeah. Which you can't. Which you can just, like, yeah. The sex scene where they look each other's ports, man. And they're always putting chapstick on it, too. It's so nasty. chapstick. Guys, you got to practice nice port hygiene, okay? You got to make sure that Wait, shit's lubricated. Is there a Cronenberg podcast just called Cronencast? Yeah. Cronencast. <laughs> or just body port hygiene. <laughs> That's just definitely like, something just like, be able to free idea. Just like throwing it out there online. Yeah. yeah I knew this guy in at Oberlin in the film program. This one guy is Oh, yeah, a, side note, we went to Oberlin together. Yeah, but, yeah, there we go. Sorry, it's a fucking small world. Judging you. Oh. <laughs> hey, you two went to the same college. Like, just, Shh, We went to a nice... Catholic University, anybody. though. You guys went to some depraved, degenerate liberal arts school. Yeah. Well, I did develop an alcohol problem there, but, yes, you know, I come out did. the other side. What happens? Yeah. Honestly, it happens at the, the Jesuit I... institutions as well. <laughs> Catholics don't drink, I didn't okay? go to Bard was because yeah. everyone I met in, like, senior year of high school that had been to Bard all told me that they had taken a year off to get over their various drug problems. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I was really? like, what happens in the woods there, man? I, I remember taking a tour Damn. of Bard because I was like, I was like a wannabe hipster when I was like in high school and I was like this is like the perfect place yeah. and then this guy in like a shitty leather jacket and these like long white duck boots came out and he was like hey guys uh, so like this is Bard it's like pretty cool and uh, we like to say we're Bardcore over here <laughs> no <laughs> no thank you no, thank we you. have a division one dodgeball team and I'm just like <laughs> what a freaking nerd and I'm oh like my and God. even me back then and I am not cool and was even less cool I was like this is fucking lame <laughs> you know, my, my parents like really really tried to like low key trick me into going to a girl a women's only college uh, and like really? I looked up one of them and I was like they were like oh you should you know apply for this school it's it's really good I think you really like it and I think they thought I would just apply for it and not look it up and I looked <laughs> it up and it was like an all girls school and I remember thinking to myself mom dad I really want to lose my virginity when I go to college. Yeah, this is like, <laughs> I can't helping. be doing this. It's also why I turned down Sarah Lawrence. Ah, yeah. well, there you go. Uh, yeah. Sarah Lawrence. Yeah. That's but hey, funny. Oberlin. Yeah. Anyway. A, a, a nice place oh, where we had experiences. Well, we yeah. definitely had a functioning film department. Uh, yeah. Wait. Were you about to relate the film Oh, God. Is to... this just going to become Gita and I complain about the Oberlin Cinema Studies Department I'm for gonna two keep hours? It, I'm going to keep it on the down low. We have time after the podcast to just yell out this window. Yeah. Just a little, uh, little it's snippet. a New York night. We also did it at that party that we have already referenced. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, but yeah, there was this guy in my film class that really hated fucking everything we watched. We were going through <laughs> the beginning of stuff, and then we were starting to get into, you know. He, he hated just everything everything we watched like he hated all the French New Wave he hated most of the silent stuff he hated everything except uh, what was his favorite (laughs) it was it was uh, God we watched Existence he loved that movie he loved it a lot he uh, he would say just in the middle of the day to no one at all Existence is paused it was great it was a great time (laughs) that and The Passion of Joan of Arc doesn't pause (laughs) The Passion of Joan of Arc which one Uh, the silent one oh wait does it the drier one the Passion De Jean d'Arc, yeah, or whatever it is, the one that drove that poor French lady insane. Yeah, doesn't yeah. paused mean you have AIDS? Does it? Like I've I'm never positive. heard that. Oh, wow! Like, but not. So was he saying that? And no, Exxon says is paused. P a u s e d. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, you, Matt, you grossly misinterpreted that phrase. <laughs> I was that really, I was trying AIDS? to figure out you're about? doing a bit, but you, yeah. you were not. It's a term. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
No. Uh, I just didn't know if that guy was worse even than you thought. No. Okay, all right. No, he's just a normal guy. Ex- yeah, sounds like yeah, it. I can't wait just to find out who it is off mic. Yeah. The passion of Joan of Arc. Triangulate him. One more movie he liked. Yeah. What do we oh, got? God. No, no, the, he only likes those two movies. Yeah, to this that's day. it. Nothing else. Damn. He never liked another movie. Actually, I think he was into Point Break, but... A man of taste. Point Break so yeah. and the, culture. That movie that's fucking rules. Listen, yeah. Sometimes your threshold's real high, you know, and only a couple things are going to make it through that filter. <laughs> exactly. Those are wildly disparate movies. Hey, I kind I of d- appreciate it. Look, I discovered yeah. Point Break my freshman year at Oberlin, and I fell in love. That a movie's great so good. Film. Mm. Um, but wait, so you were saying... Uh, Where were we? You were saying about Oberlin... Yeah, and I, I was talking about did, that. Did Johnny Demonic, or was this just about our? That was just about existence, a Cronenberg thing. Oh, oh right, right, like right. side tangent. Anyway, I'm just, I'm anyway, so we're talking about different movies. We're talking about Johnny Demonic. We, we're, oh, I think that we had a long tangent about Keanu and just holes in him and holes yeah. in bodies. Yeah, yes. jacket. There you yeah. go. There yeah, there we go. In the bodies. That's what segue. I liked the audio port in this one though. It's yeah, got to be the cool. cleanest looking interface. Honestly, better than the Matrix. I like, think so. come on, that's yeah. a huge thing. It was a really, really good is. prop. I don't know. The, yeah, it was a lot of the other good prop was the thumb. With the the laser whip. Oh, the laser okay, whip. That's, that's a classic. Really good of cyberpunk. That's genius. Weapon. Yeah, so good. It well, was okay, so good. This is an adaptation of a William Gibson short story, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's adapting or for well, his has own story. Has anyone read the short story? No. no. Nor have I. <laughs> I've read Neuromancer. Okay. Uh, which is like the thing that got him, you know, yeah. into popularity, and it I get I guess it was popping off that now like or like. Because cyberpunk was like more in the late 90s as like a big. And, yeah. And like late 80s to the 90s. Like that was like when it was kind of. Yeah. I think he was already known among like sci-fi and sci-fi writer like circles. Right. But it was definitely more of a niche thing by then. But 99 is sort of seen as the like the height of all of the cyberpunk shit that happened. Sure. Y2K yeah, I mean, fever spreading across Neuromancer the was yeah. Yeah. Everything was chrome. Yeah. Yep. That's what I mean is Neuromancer <laughs> came like much earlier. And I think it took a while to like... As a literary movie, it began, and began in the mid to late 80s. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of pop cultural saturation, it was like a decade later. That's where you got the films and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, okay. Uh, Except for like, uh, yeah, yeah. So what are, what are exactly, or how are we defining cyberpunk? Okay. I mean, obviously, like, it is, uh, it is sci-fi that involves, I mean, that's set in the future, generally. And so, for instance, like, you have something like this, which involves like yeah, Jake, you know, the up, internet up the and, uh, and 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 this sort of advanced uh, technology, right? But, but like technology in the in the sense of like computers. You have the, the computer aspect, but then like Blade Runner gets lumped in there. Can and I read Bla- the definition? It's like, of Blade Runner mostly seems to like you know be about you know it's about like androids. I mean, I feel like you can describe cyberpunk as either an ideological framework or an aesthetic framework, and right. this falls into the aesthetic framework Jake's, rather than the ideological. Jake will read the official definition. And we can see how we think, how we feel about that compared to well, our own notions. This is the this is just the Wikipedia, but oh, I, I, I'm staring at the same. Sentence. Okay, cyberpunk is a subgenre of science fiction in a dystopian futuristic setting that tends to focus on quote a combination of low life and high tech, featuring advanced technological and scientific achievements such as AI and cybernetics, juxtaposed with a degree of breakdown or radical change in the social order. Yeah, that, that, that usually yep. makes sense. kind of fits with what I suppose I was a, thinking. A lot yep. of these things, they usually focus on, like, criminals or, like, detectives. Corpor- yeah, or d- corporations. That, right. There's or, a bleed over with uh, neo-noir stuff. Yeah. yeah. Right. Generally, society sucks. 
in yeah. cyberpunk like stories. Blade Runner's it's like, like a like, noir. It tends to take on an anti-corporate tinge, therefore, because you're focusing on the underclass, but it right. is not necessarily anti-corporate. Because there's a very Fight Club right. ending yeah. to this movie. Yeah. They're watching yeah, a literally bit. a building as, explode. As Bernie Sanders' that, I was like, wet Did David Fincher just watch this and be like, I'm taking, no one saw this movie. I'm going to take <laughs> right. that shot. Yeah, Big Pharma just blows what up else? at the end of this Did movie. Did anyone else read any stuff? I read Snow Crash. I read Snow Crash. I read Snow Crash. I skipped all the portions where he's describing Eritrean philosophy and mythology to you. But that's the most nah. important part. It's like, <laughs> it's like 30, 40 pages of just someone reading you like the Wikipedia summary yeah. of several different books. It's and like, I was like, I, I can look this shit up later, man. Like, take me to the next scene where I they're having a sword fight. I don't give a I fuck. I think it's like, akin to when Herman Melville is describing cytology. In uh, every other chapter of Moby Dick. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny now. Like, if anybody's like, I, fuck I, this book, it's like a Wikipedia article every other chapter. <laughs> Moby me, Dick sucks. Listen, like... <laughs> And you know how in Lord of the Rings there's a whole chapter that describes the geography of Middle yes. Earth? That's yes. what it felt like to me, actually. Yeah. <laughs> like reading that book, Eritrean mythology and philosophy is really, really interesting. But mm-hmm. I was like, uh, things happen in this book, right? Characters yeah. do things and say things to other people. I'm going to get to that part and I will refer back to this later when it becomes like significant to the plot. And the so internet also- has definitely changed like a reader's threshold for that style of storytelling where I you can, digress into like I mean, basically like, here's some facts about the subject. Because at the I time, you couldn't it. really look I it up. I love that kind of shit. And Me like too, Snow Crash is not even that long. It's just not very well integrated there. But there's a fine line when you're reading it now, I guess it's just as someone like around our age when yeah. you're like, this does feel like, you know, a thing where I get like, interested in a subject that's an offshoot that's mentioned and then I go on my computer it and felt look it, like it up, he you know? fought with his editor yeah. for so long about keeping all that shit in there yeah. that the editor eventually was like I'm not gonna fight with you anymore <laughs> I, think I am he, so well, bored of fighting with you because that's Neil Stevenson it. right I think yeah. he was like i I got the impression that he was just nervous that you weren't going to understand the really cool conceit of the novel where like it's very baby's first novel yeah because he doesn't like, trust you as a reader to mm-hmm. be able to make the connection on your own also, yeah. it's a pretty, it's, you read it when you're like 13 years old. Yeah. Because also it's just kind of bad to read now because it's the like. The Sushi X verses, man. Shut up. <laughs> Hero, Hero protagonist is the name of the fucking guy. Like, <laughs> That's hilarious. Honestly, there was one scene where I think because there's like that like skater girl, like. She was tight. Uh, yours truly. Yeah. YT. Yeah, oh that's her name. <laughs> so good. So like, but there was this part that was just made me laugh so hard where like it, it was Stevenson's writing some huge like assassin guy yes. like rapes YT, but she comes after he just puts his dick in once for the first time. She immediately comes. <laughs> and I was just like, what is going on here? <laughs> when did this book come out? I don't know. Is this a 90s book? Neuromancer is a much better book. It's still pretty silly, but Uh, like. Snow Crash was published in in 92. Gibson, I think, like, takes his concepts more seriously. Not evidence in this. Well, hero protagonist, like, how seriously can you take that? (laughs) Snow Crash was a semi satirical reaction to what had become the literary movement of cyberpunk. So it's sort of like a a kind of like a jerk off hand motion kind of book. (laughs) But it also cemented a lot of the things that we now associate with cyberpunk like interactive immersive internets mm-hmm. and uh it's like corporate hellscape uh overworlds where things like being a pizza delivery guy and that means that you have to like crash your car through several people's like but like first floor of their houses in order to get <laughs> shit on time right <laughs> you know it predicted the gig economy in a way oh, yeah, that, you yeah. know but it is um not it was not intended to be the thing that it is now considered yeah right 
That's true. Yeah. And so, like, Which the, is, the yeah. heyday of cyberpunk really seems to be, like, the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Right. As in, like, it it does seem, like, I'm just, I'm looking here of just, like, you know, lists of, of like, examples of works in the cyberpunk subgenre or whatever. And it does seem like they kind of, like, like, fade out or trail off, like, after the 90s. Mm-hmm. And it does seem like there was, like, a bit of a pivot there where, like, especially, like, in cinema, like, uh, things, set, sci-fi set in the future seemed a bit more... A little bit more utopian and polished, the, and it did, um, like like we didn't have things like like I don't know. Am I drawing like a, a blank? But like in the like two thousand to like twenty ten, I was that were there many things kind of like I guess like Johnny Mnemonic so or like Blade Runner or The Matrix or like no. Strange Days and stuff like Probably that. No. Peppered here and there, but not as much. No, yeah. I mean what we discovered after nine eleven was that this wasn't the end of history. Right. Y two K things were okay. Yeah, yeah. When we were thinking about Y two K, we were thinking of this idea that we would have the only issue we would ever have now is the distribution of resources, not the scarcity of any yeah. of them. Um, the idea that the government would totally disappear in the wake of corporatism running all of our lives. And then, you know, the World Trade Center got hit by a giant plane. And we, our perspective on that completely shifted. We began, like, this insane amount of jingoism and, like, mm-hmm. real grounded, gritty... Like, it became the era of 24, where the what right. we wanted mm-hmm. to see, our cultural imagination, was less about um, the disappearance of differences between the self and everyone else, and more about us and them and absolutely destroying and demolishing them. Yeah. And that's not what cyberpunk is really about. Or, But you still yeah. get... I think the one thing that I feel like keeps a pace is surveillance as like yeah. a thing as well because like I'm thinking also of just minority report or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Right. Which does like in terms of the image of the future, a right. lot of that is cleaner. It's I all mean, iPod things, Douglas yeah. Copeland. Right. Like, like but th- that is the thing where like society is actually functioning really nicely. Right. And it, it is very much just like a on the surface. Like, on on the surface, but it's right. not like that. But that is not like there's no, not a lot of flaming trash cans. No, yeah, yeah you're not. Yeah, exactly. This isn't the are, free state of the free city of Newark. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Things are are clean, and it's like, uh, oh wow, the cars look, you know, nice. It, right. it, it just it really like, just is like the shitty version, like the more futuristic version of our normal shitty reality. Right. Yeah. And like we it's, get targeted advertisements, you know, like yeah. we we get that shit. There yeah. is an underclass of crime and criminality, but it is far away from most people in and, the world. And it reflects right. the times. I feel like because that stuff now just feels more accurate to I what the undertone is. The, the idea of like, like a polished I, veneer with right. corruption hidden under it. I wrote yeah. it also yeah. like, I'm like not walking by a similar like, thing because that yeah. was 2004. But see, yeah. those, both of those movies, Minority Report and iRobot, those are from like, those are adaptations 05? of texts from like the 70s, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Minority Report did well also. iRobot had a harder time, I remember. Yeah. I think it did well financially. Like movie, it's Critically, and, uh, it was not. Yeah. <laughs> it was not doing great. <laughs> Which is a shame. Like, I, uh, I, I always... I want to rewatch like, it. Alex Proyas is, is uh, like, is a guy I think about a lot. Because he, he's like, he does The Crow and Dark City. Nice. Wow, let's both, remember both some great. fucking guys right now. And yeah. by the way, just 90s films and using that 90s aesthetic. 90s films, like, I, I also, I really like Dark City. Dark City I is like, so good. Yeah. yeah. And I it, like and both of those. Like, They're great. It's like, is he the cool new, like, goth genre, like, high concept guy? Hell yeah. Uh, that, 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 that can, you know, because, like, like you know, Dark City, you've got, like, he, the, the, 
you have the, the noir element, which is like like so gorgeously executed, and he's got like well, you know, it's the rooftop, you know, running scene that they had <laughs> to read like recreate in the Matrix. It's yeah. well, exactly the, the, the yeah. weird thing is they were shot a year apart, and the Matrix just reused the set from Dark City because they Amazing. both shot in Australia because Alex Proyas is Australian. Oh, right, it was like yeah, it was the thing. It's like it's the same set. That's incredible. And uh, there wasn't even time yeah, for them nice. to rip it off. It's just they already Perception. had it there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then like Alex Proyas is like you look at those and then suddenly after that it's i guess he gets swept into like okay you're making like really big budget tentpole movies now yeah and then i robot it's like i can't see any of the same guy yeah yeah it, next and then he did one called next right no he or did, uh, uh, no, no, he, soon what um, was it called? You mean mtv's next or <laughs> no, no it was no. like a nick cage <laughs> movie oh, yeah, about yeah, 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 no yes. no no he knowing he did knowing, knowing the next cage movie and then who can tell me what Alex Proyas oh, did after the that? Oh, Gods of Egypt. Gods of Egypt. Hell yeah. That's a good movie. That's a good one. <laughs> Gods of Egypt starring Gerard Butler and Nikolai Koster-Waldau. Yeah, those... The most Egyptian men I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, boy. I just remember the way that Hollywood treats Egypt as a thing. I remember watching, uh, what is it, The Prince of Persia? Yep. Sorry, oh. Jakey G. Jake Gyllenhaal, baby. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal is the prince of Persia. It's crazy right. how we, like, that movie, I feel like that came out right before uh, people just started, like, getting, like, vocally upset about, like, whitewash casting like yeah. that yeah. online. That must have been just uh, before. I it remember. was just before. before. Yeah, because, you know, you look at, like, the Ghost in the Shell stuff, and it's like, it's crazy that Prince of Persia came and went and didn't be, and, like, if that came now, it would have gotten exactly the same reaction. Yeah, they, oh, yeah. Did they just say Ghost in the Shell in this movie? They did. They're they did. just like the ghost in the machine. It, yeah, it and is I'm like, one hundred percent. This movie is just running on aesthetics. It is only about drawing together all of the things that make something cyberpunk, quote unquote. Do you think Gibson yeah. was like riffing on his own previous? No, I think viewpoint? that he thought that his dick and his intellect were so 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 big. Interesting. <laughs> I think that those are the two things. So that's the vibe. A very masculine energy comes from this movie. Yeah. It's camp is the thing. It's right. it's camp in the Sontag like sense. It where it does not know that it is camp, which makes it yeah. camp. That's, <laughs> right. that's what is I Is there self-aware camp or is that just Self-aware camp is just bad cynicism. stuff. Yeah. That's the thing. Is it is, John is, Waters yeah. kind of self-aware camp? Well, I mean, it's, it's a great. good bad taste idea. Yeah. The but, idea but his that, stuff is comedic also. Yeah. Oh, uh, so like um, like serious stuff that's inadvertently camp can't be like really knowingly okay. yeah. uh, the, that the way. Thing, yeah. Okay. The well, thing with camp is definition of camp is that it can't be knowing. But is that okay. true in the world? Maybe not. Okay. Yeah. It's it's hard to define. Yeah, I mean, I went I went to that little exhibit they had at, there. At that the was Met, fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, slowly, but, you but it's all about everything. fashion. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it, it focused more heavily on fashion and stuff like that, like clothing styles and all through the ages. So, right when, um, when it comes to like narrative films, yeah, yeah, it didn't really dig too deep. But into no, it. but there definitely is a camp element to this, and yeah. I had never seen this before until two days ago, and mm-hmm. so I was kind of surprised. I didn't know this was there was like a humorous element to this movie. Right, I always assumed it was a more of a straight ahead like action sci fi thriller. And so then early on when you have the goofier elements of it, I, because yep. I, well, honestly, <laughs> there are, there are, there were a bunch of points where this movie reminded me of Buckaroo Banzai. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, or the Phantom of the uh, Paradise or whatever. Kind of. Well, th- like those, are, look? those are also huh. slightly different things, but like, like, you know. Buckaroo Banzai is a more overtly comedic movie mm. that that is you know 
it's very self-aware about it's like just like all the silly rules of it mm-hmm. and uh and like in that world and it doesn't really take itself too seriously and when things like the dolphin in this movie show oh my up fucking god the, the dolphin and just being like oh yes this is the dolphin he is like the special hacker that will allow us to like hack the system yeah, yeah. The dolphin that is, is so that's cool. basically okay. just what would happen that's like all of what buckaroo Banzai is <laughs> yeah. and i did not expect that kind of thing to be in this movie want to hear some extremely good shit that will make the dolphin 10 times better oh yeah, yeah. Sure. okay in the short story that my boyfriend bought immediately after he finished his movie. He got up and Googled the movie and found out it was based on a short story and then bought the collection for $2. And he started reading it and he discovered that the dolphin in the short story is addicted to heroin. And they they filmed that scene where they explained that for the movie and had to cut it. But canonically, know that the code-breaking dolphin in this movie is addicted to heroin. How did they get the heroin to the dolphin? Um, They they made the dolphin be addicted to heroin in order to enforce loyalty. Aww. That makes a lot of sense. Animal like, abuse. It is animal you get abuse. You a dolphin addicted so, to yeah. Yeah. The <laughs> opiate crisis still can't get anyway. That's rude as hell. Yeah. <laughs> That dolphin was just trying its best being in the probably shitty water outside of Newark. And then they just pulled it out and stuffed it in a tank and fed it yeah, thanks, the best Ice drugs tea. on the planet. And we're like, hack for us now. Also, yeah. for, the, for those who haven't seen this movie, <laughs> Flipper does fentanyl. <laughs> yeah. Was, so. Very mean. Okay. So. <laughs> I love that dolphin. Let's, okay. He was cool. so tight. Guys, yeah. let's rewind yeah. and, and kind of get back more toward the beginning. Let's sure. Let's. Play with the about. For <laughs> our listeners who have not seen this film, uh, I'll read the first paragraph of the Wikipedia plot summary. In 2021, society is deeply engaged in a virtual internet, which has a degenerative effect that is referred to as nerve attenuation syndrome, or NAS. Another major issue is the takeover of society by large corporations, many of which are based in East Asia. In Japan, the Yakuza organized crime family is used for enforcement. This makes the transmission of data to be a dangerous business. Johnny is a mnemonic courier with a data storage device implanted in his brain, allowing him to discreetly carry information too sensitive to transfer across the net, the virtual reality equivalent of the internet. While lucrative, the implant has cost Johnny his childhood memories, and he seeks to have the implant removed to regain his memories. Okay. Mm. That's basically the beginning. Yes. So, uh, can I give, like, one of my... I think I'm a way to massively improve this movie is if it did not open with a massive wall of text. The first paragraph got off the screen and then you saw a next paragraph begin. Yep. And yeah. you were like, how long is this going to go? <laughs> and I'm not here to read. Yeah, also, if you just read the whole short story and then the movie ended. <laughs> yeah. and, you're like, oh, damn. and William Gibson's like staying true to the text. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's also... A, this is like a minor like little like pet peeve of mine. Yeah. The opening text it's all in the font bank gothic, which in, <laughs> which became in the 2000s the most generic like this is a serious or technological thing. Yeah. So we're like using this, the font bank gothic. I like this idea. You know how there's yeah. you know how there's like cyber goth and like mall goth and then there's like health goth yeah. and all this kind of stuff. Let's get bank goth going. Let's get bank tellers. <laughs> Or yes. people that work yeah. in Wall Street just completely goth. Just yeah. everyone's dressed like they're in the club from The Matrix. <laughs> yes, yeah, God, yeah. sorry, I didn't uh, mean to yeah. scream directly into the mic, but the club <laughs> in The Matrix is like my favorite scene mm. in cinematic history. It's, uh, look, as soon as there's that 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 maybe my favorite transition in film history, which is just the close up of Keanu saying, "Yeah, sure, I'll go." 
And then S- smash cut to chorus of Dragula. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's the okay. best. When I lived in Chicago, I used to go to the club that that scene was based on all of the time. What's it called? The, it was called Neo. That's awesome. The Wachowskis hung out there all the time. I asked one of the bartenders one day. I was like, this is when I was drinking. So I was yeah. really wasted. And I was like, listen, <laughs> tell me, hey. did the Wachowskis hang out here? And he was like, yes. And he like pointed at the wall behind the Every bar. Every day for a summer. And there were two different club nights that were advertised on these yeah. posters, of wall posters behind the bar. One of them was Morpheus <gasps> and one of them was Trinity. Dude, <laughs> that's and awesome. That place was disgusting and got shut down a couple years ago and Aww. is now a preschool. It's behind an urban outfitters. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I like so to think really that they took a just... downturn and now it's lame. Did they went... repurpose the rave room into like the cafeteria? I or hope something? so. They I hope awesome. Trinity and Morpheus. I wonder if they're playing Dracula all the time. <laughs> they were, though. That's not a lie. <laughs> That's so I wanted funny. it in there one night and didn't know it was the VNV Nation after party. <laughs> I love imagining the Wachowskis hanging out in that bar and they like. The bartender like heard the pitch of the Matrix while they were getting fucked up, just drunk. Yeah, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Like whenever that movie gets made, I'm sure. And they're like, "No, dude, I'm telling you, God. it's gonna be so good. The People movie, are gonna like it." That Neo, the the city that Neo is from, is from Chicago. They show the like Chicago oh, public yeah? transportation system in that movie. Yeah, the, well, the yeah. weird thing about, and we'll talk about this on our Matrix episode when we get there. I love the Matrix so fucking much. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 it is. Is it my favorite movie? Maybe. Um, but I, but the fact that like it's all shot in Sydney. Yeah, but then. But like when they they'll say like you know they'll make references to streets and they'll be like it's a corner of Wabash and Lake. Yep, that's mm. I've been there. Yeah, the <laughs> Sydney Opera House is right there, and they're like, man, Tokyo's terrible. <laughs> okay, it's uh, but um, oh, this man, sorry, I, I just I just want to talk about no. the, the Matrix now. No. Okay, but going Later. back to that opening wall of text, right? It is. I mean, there's always discussions about you know beginning, uh, especially sci-fi movies with like. Uh, narration or like text or that kind of thing yeah. is it lazy is it useful uh, like for instance in the aforementioned Dark City um, the theatrical cut opens with this voiceover by Keith, uh, Kiefer Sutherland's character explaining like the premise about like the strangers and the worlds they built and the director's cut takes that out mm-hmm. it's like he like because Proyas like wanted the audience to like learn about the world themselves as it goes forward and right. put this information together like on their own instead of just like dumping the exposition on them mm-hmm. and then you've got obviously like the Star Wars strategy which is really to make it seem like which the opening crawl of Star Wars is basically like a previously on, just yeah. like here's what's been happening. Well, it gives it the sort of pulp, you know, science fiction vibe. Right. Like it feels like that one, you know, fantasy comic that was Prince Andrew and like all the papers or whatever. Oh, oh Prince Valiant. Prince, Prince Valiant. Valiant. Yeah. 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 Prince Andrew is a real man. He's done some bad. <laughs> He's things. a bad, bad man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I never sweated at the time. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was actually. That's, that's just right? Sean Connery's that, voice. Though. That could have been a character from Johnny Mnemonic. That yeah. I couldn't have sweated because I. Took a shot of adrenaline uh, <laughs> in the war in the Falklands, and I uh, was adrenalized. I couldn't have sweated on that thirteen-year-old. <laughs> it just didn't happen. Anyway, <laughs> topical. Yeah. Um, oh, but the thing that I was going to say about the text in Johnny Demonic, <laughs> it opens up with basically just again, like we said with other other things. Yeah. A Wikipedia entry where yep. it's like, so here's how here's this disease, and it, it's just facts. Yeah, it's not even like character stuff. It's just like paragraphs of facts. Yeah, that it is feels very dry because the, it feels like they they then whoever you know the director then probably felt like they you know front loaded the movie enough so that everyone knew what was going on so that they didn't have to put in the work 
to remind you. Like, I but forgot that thing. NAS was, like, a problem. The movie was structured so that these explanations happen naturally in the context of the movie. Like, events right. happen to remind you of these things existing. Yeah. And, like, didn't need that front scroll at all. It, in fact, became more confusing. Because yep. I kept being like, when is NAS going to come up? Like, what are the black shakes? Am I going to yeah. see them? Yeah, I forgot yeah. about NAS. And I that had was the opposite thing. problem. I was thinking, like, <laughs> I was like oh, it's what? bad for both of us. Yeah, like, <laughs> if there was just, like, a little prologue yeah. on the beginning or, like, yeah. a, like a, a few more minutes at the beginning to just kind of, like, introduce us to the world a bit more yeah. and, like, establish that stuff, that would be so much more effective. <laughs> well, even if they Alas. did, like, the six, like, establishing shots from fucking something like, uh, I don't know, The Room, where they just, like, go from <laughs> the, the world room. into, right. like, that guy's room. Like, it's du- like, that's a dumb and lazy editing trick. But for this movie, it would have worked. Did you yes. just say that the room is better than Johnny Mnemonic in that sense? <laughs> well, I mean, you don't, you don't need that technique in modern day San Francisco where yeah. everything's the same as things are already. Or actually, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Very good point. Yeah. Here's the thing. Okay, here's a perfect example. Yeah. The opening of Blade Runner. Yep. Yeah. It gives you like two sentences of facts. Yeah. It's just like, Blade there Runners are replicants. Kill replicants. Blade Runners kill them. Yeah. And then it gives you the shot of the Los Angeles skyline with like the towers of flames. And you're mm. just like, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I go, go. That's a, I, you gave me like a, one dictionary definition and then you gave me this one shot. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And this beautiful kind of makes things more confusing. But then we jump to Ke- well, Keanu. Like unconfident people who make science fiction forget that something like the coolest job effect is real and happens yeah. like all you have to do mm. is place two images next to each other and our minds will begin to make associations with them yeah they don't trust their brains which is funny because they just write well, no, so much tr- about hacking into them they trust yeah. their brains you know? so much but they fetishize like like what we were saying like just sort of uh informational minutiae yeah and like try you get so bogged down with trying to make your world like fleshed out that yeah. you make it incredibly boring and pedantic to learn. I mean, the thing you always want to think about is like have it make sense for everybody that lives in that world, I think, in science fiction, where you want to be able to understand like what a plumber would do in this universe or sure. what kind of use, like what a normal person who's not involved in the plot of the story, the how they exist in this world. And you don't really get there with Johnny Mnemonic. Mm-hmm. Like think about what, what kind of, like what are we doing in the world of Johnny Mnemonic? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I have, I have <laughs> like, no idea. I'm still doing a podcast, but there's just like the building um, over here is exploding. We're in a mall. There's a bunch of nude yeah. mannequins in the corner. <laughs> Instead of Mike's, it's just like a big trash can on fire rubbing our hands. Yeah, yeah, I told you we were going to be, we were both going to get a lot of body augmentations and be we could be the street preacher brothers <laughs> hell yeah that'd be so fucking cool yeah we'd probably be notorious through all of new we'd probably be <laughs> no- <laughs> new neo new york and i bet you we'd be like yeah we'd probably be the coolest character Wait, imagine <laughs> in a whole city. imagine neo newark oh yeah neo I newark mean, yeah, I, I'm 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 imagining what I catch out of out of like a glimpse of the NJ Transit as I pass by Newark because I've never been there. Imagine yeah. so now how I got did it. you make Newark worse than how it is? <laughs> yeah, like, you know I, what? I, I like I appreciate the fact that it was set there. I'm like hell yeah, me yeah. too. Like <laughs> Beijing and Newark, <laughs> the two w- major locations in this movie. Of course, yeah. the of twin course. dragons. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> I just imagine Tony Soprano with like a pulse rifle built into his arm. 
Hey, Tony, you want me to watch it? I use my uh, micro whip. No, uh, <laughs> like, son, like uh, the junior on the on the net with the eye goggles. Yes. <laughs> AJ just, yeah, like. The theme song is just woke trying up this morning to cyber and got yourself bitch. a pulse rifle. Yeah. <laughs> so pulse that rifle. all rules. I would, I would actually love to see Cyberpunk Mafia, but I'm pretty sure that's already something. Well, they always sure. just do Yakuza because they're racist. I know. Well, <laughs> yeah. that's the other thing yeah. I actually forgot yeah. I wanted to bring up was like, I mean, Gibson has it, I believe, in Neuromancer as well. But like, and in Blade Runner 2, there's the idea of like. at the time, Japan was experiencing an economic boom. Mm-hmm. And so there was this huge paranoia throughout the West that was, you know, just orientalist and racist in nature that the in the future, you know, in America would no longer be an economic superpower and China and Japan would take over. But right. of course, Japan experienced a recession. And, and China is now the focus of that more. Yeah. Yeah. But like even then, like they're having like they're not it's unlikely that anyone's going to overtake the U.S. Guys, <laughs> when are they going to make a sci-fi movie where it's set in the future and it's like France? That became would be like so the tight. Yeah. I mean, this has like baguettes sell and like little mustaches all the time. Yeah, that would fit with the tone of cyberpunk so much more where everyone's <laughs> always strung out and horny. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, sounds great to me. Exactly. That's what I'm just wearing striped shirts and smoking cigarettes all the time. Yeah, yeah. It sounds fantastic. Well, except it's the future, so they're smoking jewel, <laughs> jewel and eating hollow snails. <laughs> cyber, Holographic cyber snails. <laughs> <laughs> Matrix 2 where the, the guy makes a girl come by eating snails. Oh, the Merovingi. Yeah. He sends her oh. a piece of cake. Oh, right. Orgasm cake. It's or- yeah. I mean, I mean that, that shit seems nice. I, and then, <laughs> and then the, if anyone would bring me orgasm cake for my birthday, it'd be a good and there's a little. And, 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 just and have to leave before you eat it. Look it out. There's a Matrix code eat. explosion in your loins. Yeah. yeah. You just want your digital loins. My cyber, yeah. Uh, they just digital really loins. go into her pussy in that movie. They do. Yeah. What a great sentence yeah. okay and here's also the thing about that so that part is shown in matrix code like all the green like yeah. uh scrolling text pussy neo, code no no neo is I'm the only one who pussy. can see that way so yeah. is that meant to be his pov and yeah. is he just looking at her and staring oh, down at her crotch as this explosion happens i love yes, getting i love probably but he's such a detached and zen-like christ figure in this film he's probably not thinking anything no. but christ no. fucked. we all know this now <laughs> FKA Twigs told us that. Yeah, Christ fucked. F- yeah, FKA Twigs. Oh, is where for I the first time in history established that Christ did actually fuck. <laughs> what did she find? Like a new Dead Sea Scroll or something? What's she did. Like her all her the lead up for this album is all about how she Mary read Magdalene. how she read about Mary Magdalene and being a prostitute was a mistranslation and decided to like embody about in her breakup with Robert Pattinson. This album nice. decided to embody both the Mary Magdalene that's a prostitute and the Mary Magdalene that was actually apparently a closest friend and confidant of Christ. Right. Um, I mean, seems specious, but she wrote a lot of great songs about breaking up with Robert Pattinson. He seems like a real fuck boy. Really? There's oh, a song. I'm sorry. I'm in mean, so many good movies. I can't <laughs> believe it. My hair's all floppy and I love it. <laughs> FKA Twigs, meanwhile, turns a stripper dance into a transcendent beauty. That, I love that I, music my video. My boyfriend, one time, he uh, was going to open the door for me in his apartment. His buzzer is broken, so I have to you know wait for him. And he took him a couple more minutes than usual, and he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I saw it in his hand. It was open to FK Twigs' Instagram account, where she was doing a pole dance. <laughs> Did That's you have awesome. a conversation with him afterwards? Listen, I find it very flattering. Honestly, yeah. you know, he loves brown women. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. 
Silver lining, huh? There you go, you know? Yeah, you is one of those people that sort of is almost an alien to me, though. I know, she's like otherworldly beautiful when she's nude and riding a horse in the holy terrain video well she always makes herself just so like bizarre in her videos yeah yeah just nude painted gold and riding a horse you know just like a normal shit normal shit you know having a normal one this is a podcast like anybody else that lives in newark you know you know (laughs) yeah What is FKA Twigs doing the Johnny Mnemonic universe? Oh, that she would be be the the opera singer in that bar. Oh my god, the opera singer in the new metal bar where she's singing opera over new metal. Honestly, (laughs) pretty cool genre that I (laughs) wish we would explore more. New opera. Every cyberpunk movie has to have a club scene. I guess Lingua Ignota kind of does that. She does like, if that's how you even pronounce her name. Yeah, Lingua Ignota. Well, she, she just does like uh, yeah she'd be she would do opera she do? like she'd sort do, of like medieval stuff and then medieval opera but like in metal. a full yeah robot suit yeah. wait so, okay so what are the best cyberpunk clubs obviously there's the oh Matrix. I don't know if I have an okay also the weird this. thing about the Matrix one is it's it's actually just a regular 1999 club it's not yeah. actually futuristic no that's just what Neo was like yeah that was yeah. just yeah the turn of the century uh. What is That's the, best? the ideal for me. I think the Matrix Club. It's so cool. It's you were just there. like everyone is like wearing the <laughs> tightest outfits, and it's only it's nonstop jams in that movie. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Because th- th- I will say, there's some really good sound editing where they transition from Dragula into Minefields by the yep. Prodigy. Yeah. And um, and it's like seamless. There's like a very DJ, he's, the, he's killing it. The cutting <laughs> yeah. in that scene also that it's a cross cut across someone's body. Mm-hmm. So it goes to someone dancing in all black, and then it's a fade so that with her body, it goes into this next scene with that Prodigy song, and it's just a beautiful series of cuts. I didn't realize how yeah. strongly we're go- I'm going to have to force you guys to stop talking about The Matrix. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> it's but, just like Dynamonic is a precursor to The Matrix. So you can't look at this movie and not think like this true. is the thing true. that Keanu was chasing until he found the Wachowskis. Exactly. And, and okay, and the thing that I kept thinking while watching this movie is... I wish the Wachowskis had directed it. Yes, because Robert mm. Longo, who did never, who had not directed the movie before this, and never directed the movie again, <laughs> he was killed. Uh, <laughs> it's like by the by the dolphin. Yeah, uh, honestly, dolphin. fascinating career as yeah. like and like just a visual artist and a photographer. He directed okay. he directed music videos. He did like the one I love by REM and just that various things. But nice. uh, but this is the only movie he ever made. Um, obviously, a lot of great like design and aesthetic choices yes. through this movie. I think in terms of actual just like telling a making a movie like visually with a camera, uh, <laughs> he's not especially skilled. No. Like you look at like the action scenes where it's like, here's a futuristic shootout or fight scene with like future guns and like laser whips. And it's just like, why is this so awkwardly stated? Yeah. Like the Wachowskis yeah. would just crush this. The laser yeah. they would. in particular oh. is such... I, it's a great oh, idea. Yeah. And it looks cool. And I feel like it would have given some dignity to characters that are not really fleshed out. Like the thing that the Wachowskis do when they don't actually flesh out characters, they just give them a mystique that is cool. Yes. And there's a lot of characters in this movie that needed... Shinji needed a mystique, a cool mystique. Mm-hmm. Shinji yeah. did need a cool mystique. He yeah. didn't get one. Like he, this idea that he's turned... That line, he's summed up very well as a character in that one sentence, I see you've turned your shame into an asset. 
which is about his thumb that's been cut off for, probably for some kind of dishonor. And, his and now it's a cyber thumb. And now it's a cyber Ooh. thumb with a laser whip in it. Yeah, how is that even like a bad thing at that point? Your yeah. thumb got upgraded so hard. <laughs> yeah. Like, your yeah. thumb is so deadly. <laughs> it's sick. It's really yeah. it cauterizes the wound at the same time. It's, it's yep. cool, too, because like it offers some of the best like combat visuals. It and does. otherwise, it does. stupid, like, stupidly stupid. But that should thing. be a thing. Like, like, for instance, we all remember the ghost twins in Reloaded so clearly and they're like not even characters right they speak like two lines my boyfriend keeps suggesting that he and like 20 friends show up to a Halloween party all dressed up as the ghost twins (laughs) all of them that would be very scary (laughs) ghost army really scary (laughs) yeah yeah and then yeah. they just put on Rob Dugan and just start dancing oh. in the house, just take Furious over your shit. <laughs> yeah. All Rob Dugan. But, yeah. but yeah, but like those guys, that first time that they go like go into ghost mode, it's like burned into our minds because yeah. like it's such an, a clear, great visual. Mm-hmm. Shinji uh, should be better. He should. Yeah. Like, okay. like that was like a tongue like, There is the part Shinji where this, be is, this is skipping so far ahead yeah. where he kills uh, Udo Kier. <laughs> Yes. Who is having a great time? Having a great time. Also, <laughs> back again with Keanu. Yeah, Kieran. He's Keanu. in my own private Idaho. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. And uh, but the part where he kills him in a cool way, where he like slices his torso like diagonally. Yep. Yeah. Tight. It's great. Sick. But then the part, and you have the thing that I always love when someone gets like sliced and then part of their body like slides off. Oh yeah. But it's shot in like a, an extreme close up yeah. where you can't see the whole top half slide off. You I only, wanted to see a topple. You only see like the close up of the wound. And I'm like, come on, man. I feel like they yeah. just didn't know how to make it. They just yeah. didn't know how to do it. And that's the thing. Because it feels like, like yeah, but yeah. they got the CGI effect and they were not sure how to composite it into the scene and they were just like, let's just zoom <laughs> in on <laughs> yeah, Zoom in so it's an unintelligible same. part of the body. I like have it's to say, undistinguishable. Yeah. Surprise aspect of doing this podcast is how much I've become an Udo Kier fan. Oh, He's yeah. Udo fantastic. Like, I never really thought about it, but like slowly I'm just like, damn, this guy... Loves his job. He's having so much fun. He always brings something great to whatever he's also he's playing in. a character named Ralphie, Ralphie, who mostly shows up on computer screens. Ralphie yeah. is one of the dopest characters in this movie. Oh, one hundred percent. He's Johnny's original boss. Yeah. Right. He's the. That's how the movie opens. Lord. Is that he, Udo Kier's character Ralphie is trying to get Keanu to upload some information to his brain. Yeah. I've, I've so the already, basic premise yeah. is like Johnny's someone, a mnemonic, you know, right. yeah. information yeah. program, and he's trying to you know, get the childhood memories back. So what he needs to do is one last job. Right. And oh, by the way, also gonna throw this out there, another like rewrite. I think this movie should have opened with him like on another job. Yes. Just to get yeah. a sense of like what he does. Something that this watching one. it go well because yeah. we see one go disastrously wrong. Also, <laughs> we see him also, in my opinion, make a really dumb beginner mistake. Yep. Where he has like a capacity like uh, for storage, like he has a hard drive in his brain. Yeah, it must how- have sounded so astronomically high when they wrote it. But now <laughs> right. I just think of, oh my god, my brain's capacity is only 180 gigabytes. No wonder I forget where my keys are all the time. I know, like, like my phone <laughs> is close to that. <laughs> yes, you know? exactly. Like- <laughs> but then the, the thing is, like, they put on this giant file, right? And it is like over the capacity for his brain, and he just kind. They tell you what it is, ahead, like what his capacity is ahead of time. They emphasize it to you. They do, and he just. He's supposed to be good at his job, and he just accepts this like massive, this like too large. I will this file. movie is about yeah. toxic masculinity. Like, no, that's what I'm, it like, yeah. feels like it's about in a way. Where I'm going to push back on this though, because okay, I think do. that this is one of the few things that like is just there to establish a ticking clock, and I think it actually makes sense why he chose to do it because he got the augmentation. 
to have his storage capacity up to like 160 gigs. Yes, it yeah. went from 80 to 160, and they put in like 320. They put in like 320 gigs, and he accepted this death sentence because he's that desperate to get his childhood memories back and be done with the job. On paper, that's all great. I don't and think it it's also, really established. And it also doesn't. In, it also <clears throat> indicates that like there's something strange going on where like he was, you know, he got this upgrade for this job. He wasn't expecting this, but he's still gonna go with it. I think the thing that they don't do for me is like there needs to be an emotional stakes there. Like I understand mm. like the logical stakes, but I don't know what he's missing by not knowing about his childhood. And they only get into that later in the movie once he meets the sexy bodyguard, Jane, mm-hmm. um, where he starts to, you can tell how uncomfortable he is without not knowing who he is. Like right. he's he, in that conversation when Keanu Reeves is just like being a petty little bitch, a tiny little bitch baby, to someone who's just asking him questions. <laughs> yeah, you, tell you me do, about yourself. Oh, <laughs> fuck off. Yeah, he's like, fine, you finally get it. But that's like 20 minutes until the end of the movie. Yeah. yeah. And this is his defining, like his emotional need is to get these memories back. And you, we don't, all we need is like a shot of him looking in the mirror uh, and like disassociating in front of it, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's I mean, all you need. That <laughs> like, was my thing with this. It's like, I, again, Matt, everything you're saying on paper makes sense about him making this decision. But the way it played to me is when they're just like, okay, it's 320 and we're going to load it up. And he just seems like I needed a moment where he kind of like thinks about it and is sure. like, and then like commits to it. He's like, yes, I'm going to do it. I, I know it's dangerous. I am that desperate. When I saw it, I was like, is he dumb? It That's did too much. Like he was dumb. <laughs> he just yeah. immediately forgot how much storage he had. And he's like, I think think I did for 360. Oh, that's how it read yeah, to you? Good. We're good. Yeah. yeah. He, he was just like, yeah. He just came in there and was like, whatever. And they're like, you know, you're serious. serious. If it's too much, it's going to fucking kill you. He's like, yeah, I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> put it in my brain. I don't care. I want a memory of eating cake back when yeah. I was like a little kid and my mom said, here's some cake. cake. Yeah, I vaguely recall it being a very good cake, yeah. but I want to remember how good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to well, see I remember how pretty vanilla, my mommy was. But I can't know for sure. Right. Was it raspberry? Well, okay. I like, because he's, I, I, yeah. I just, I, I actually like the idea of like synaptic seepage, as they call it, it's like a the cool overloading idea. and yeah. like the ticking clock. I agree. There could have been a little bit more of like a context set around why this is such a big deal, or like a, a more of a pause before he decided to just stuff his it brain. Just but needed one or two scenes <laughs> of him stuffed. alone Tony with himself, because like when we see him wake up in that hotel room, he looks yeah. like he's having a bomb time. It does also yeah, what, yeah. what's yeah. really like, wild. It's almost <laughs> identical to a shot of him in Point Break. There's in Point Break. You guys oh my remember, god, you're fucking right. Yeah, there's that uh, there's that overhead shot of him laying alone in bed with the black sheets, shirtless. And his intro in this movie is almost the exact same image. They knew yeah. that Keanu Reeves was hot. Yep. You know? And, and he's they in just... like beefcake mode at the moment, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's 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 leaning out a little bit from speed, but he's still got those arms. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so Appropriate <hot>. noise. <laughs> those so attractive. arms. I know. And he's still got that speed hair is growing out. Yeah. And then yeah. they just freaking like boofed it up a little bit. And his his look he's is in great. what would yeah. become like his iconic look, which is like a black suit with a skinny black tie. Yeah. Like this is the beginning of so many things that would become the Keanu Reeves mystique. Yeah. Right. I mean, Keanu Reeves in real life still wears that outfit just, but instead with shitty boots. Yeah. You know, that he likes. The high low. Yeah. And, yeah. I've got to say, <laughs> a thing about Keanu in this movie, because yeah. again, this is one of those movies uh that is like brought up and like people refer to it as like a evidence of him being a bad actor. Yeah. Um, I think he's 
used perfectly in this movie. He is. Because, again, Keanu, you know, he he underplays things. He has, a, like, a stillness to him. And, uh, and he's, like, cast opposite... P- almost exclusively people giving huge performances. Yeah. And so, which I think is perfect. You have everyone else being like big and over the top and Keanu is like pretty calm and chill. And his physicality, because he's, no, he's not calm. The thing is, he's well, he's sang he's, Freud. Is that a word? Initially, yeah. kind of calm. No, it's like the original kind of Hollywood cool, where you're collected, even though you know you're angry. You you are in yeah. command of something. No, but he's. It feels like very James Dean to me, where it's just like he can be freaking he's very out, cool. and he yeah. can be like fucking pissed at you. He can be anxious. He could be high constraining, holding in emotion. So much of his like, so much of his acting is about holding emotion in. Yeah. And like physically doing the act of that, so you. Can see him trying not to emote. So when he yeah. finally does have his big freak out with the "I want room service," yeah, yeah. like it—that's like he's it, so good. It, it takes until that point in the movie, like fifteen minutes before the end, to finally like explode like that. I think yeah. he spits in that scene. You can see spittle coming from his yeah, mouth. It's I, fantastic. I don't think he's as as cool though. I think like the whole thing—the reason he's like dumbly shoving a bunch of—he's. He's, he's insecure. This is why this movie is about toxic masculinity. It's about the insecurity he feels, even though he's completely in control of the situation. But I'm talking like, on a very surface level, simply about how he moves his body around and how robotic and efficient and like just precise he is constantly. Like that's what I found almost over the top, but in a fun way. He's just like the you know the file, and he like snaps his hand up, and then like very like curtly puts the like thing in his coax cable head hole and all this <laughs> kind of stuff. Like I think his like. And his face is always like kind of like severe, but kind of like sickly looking. And uh, especially when you start to see the dark rings under his eyes, which yeah. I like. I like usually uh, characters like this. And I know, uh, you know, Escape from New York is kind of the same. There's a time limit. There's some sort of internal thing running through the protagonist's right, yeah. body that's gonna kill him. Um, but what I like about this movie over that one is that Keanu starts to look more sickly as the movie goes on. You know, and like his lower lip starts to like hang down a little bit when he's like glaring at everybody. He's just trying to like get this shit all sussed out before his head like dissolves or something. I'm not really sure what's <laughs> so going. So angry yeah. this whole movie. Yeah, he is never not so pissed at whoever he's talking to. Yeah. So many scenes of him like being given help, being given an offer of help to someone, yeah. and it's just mildly inconvenient for him. So he's like, "Go fuck yourself. <laughs> fuck you. I'm leaving." Now, but imagine if you had a migraine. The whole time. That's true. Would you not be a little short with people? (laughs) You know? He did seem like he was having a migraine the whole time. But, like, I do love that part where, so he goes to, um, he's in this hotel room. Ralphie, Udo Kier, calls him up uh, and gives him this assignment. And he goes to Beijing. And uh, where there's, like, huge, all these, like, protests in the streets. Yep. And he kind of, like, fights his way through them, like, walks over a car. And, uh, and then get to this hotel where he goes to meet these clients. Uh, and what I like about this part is he is the pro. Right. And uh, coming in here, they're like, they've never like hired a guy for this before. They're, yeah. it's like, they're like all new at it. And he like knows the routine. You get to yeah. see him be good at his job. And uh, and Keanu sells that for me. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, then bad guys come in. Shinji comes and, in uh, with his... Uh... They shoot up the place. Yeah. In a way where I was like, man, I wish this had more like a, like a John Woo vibe. I want like yeah. slow motion, like... 
like like everything being like just like torn apart by bullets. The action Listen, leaves a like, lot I to be desired. I don't remember anything that Castor and Pollux wanted in the movie Face Off, but I remember Castor and Pollux. Yeah. And I don't remember shit about Dick when it comes to Shinji. <laughs> I no. really don't. Like I don't know what he wants. I don't know who he's serving really. I don't know what his needs are. I don't know. I don't need to know why he lost his thumb, but I need to know a little bit more about how he feels about it. Right. Yeah. And, and it's also the weird thing where you've got Takeshi Kitano as yeah. like good. kind of the big villain. He's so good in it. And he's like working with like four lines, basically. Right. And yeah. he also has to speak English sometimes, which he doesn't seem to love doing. No. Uh, though, though, when, I, I will say those scenes felt very detached from the rest of the movie. When it cuts for me. to Takeshi yeah. hanging out in his office. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it's he, like it, he never it, felt like, yeah, he never really felt involved in the way you would expect for like the big bad final boss at the top of the you know tower i mean we'll right. reiterate it again and again through this discussion but like the 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 only thing really that the movie is actually great at is the d- design the production yeah. design so i mean the acting the pacing of the script everything else leaves a lot to be desired yeah, it's pretty bad. Sid, what's his name the visual consultant from blade runner yeah Mead? yeah also worked on this movie I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. See, it's nice to... I mean, they probably, as soon as you do one yeah. cyberpunk-esque thing, you're yeah. just going to get toted around. as like the guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. I mean, he's done so many odd things. Like, yeah. for instance, he even... In Mission Impossible 3, he... Uh, if you remember the part where they like they have the machine that makes like the masks that they always use, mm-hmm. Sid Mead just designed that. Nice. He didn't design anything else. He just... They brought him in. They were like, we need like a high-tech mask maker. Designs like yeah, and he just say no more. He just shows up for like various movies that like need a sci-fi machine yeah. to do a thing. So a thing that I found really interesting when I was like reading about this movie, and uh, I don't know if you guys did any like research about like the production of it. Never. The <laughs> the director at Longo and William Gibson they wanted to make this like a black and white like one million dollar movie. They wanted to make it like a cheap little weird thing. <laughs> they wanted to make it silent too. And oh then, my god, these fucking brain geniuses. Yeah. Why didn't they do this? I know. And then basically it seems like the studio was just interested. And then this is like an insane case, which never seems to happen. They gave them like more money than they wanted. <laughs> no, please. And we'll give you another million. Uh, the 90s. But then another the thing about million. it is like, because the studio just gave them this money, and I guess at first they, I mean, like, I would just say, yeah, yeah. sure. And then totally. pocket all of it but the, and but, make it for well, a million. What then happened is because, like, Sony Pictures gave them a bunch of money, yeah. they then had, like, a bunch of control. Yeah. And so uh, I think uh, in this, there's this Hollywood Reporter article from, I think it was, uh, oh, yeah, three years ago of, like, Robert Longo and Henry Rollins, who, is, by the way, is in this movie, uh, just did a talk. Yeah. Uh, or, or, like they did some like Q and A in in Los Angeles and talked about this movie and uh, yeah like the, Longo said um, quote originally I wanted to make a black and white film like Alphaville instead okay. I made a I, uh, I made a movie for twenty eight million dollars when people give you money they think they can tell you what to do it was fucking horrible Johnny Demonic <laughs> is about sixty five percent of what I hoped it would be Aww. but here's the weird part yeah. because Dolph Lundgren is not only in this movie. His name is the only other one on the poster above the title, next to Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren is a, a totally side character. He's like a mini boss. Yeah, it is so. He is absolutely one of the weirdo, gimmicky side bosses in a Metal Gear Solid game. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. With their weird, like, wait. personal, like, 
worldview that okay. they like, yeah, he's, spout he's to you. He's the Beauty and the Beast program. You Here's know, the th- like that's yeah. what he is. Wait, okay, guys, question. Yes. What would, if he were in a Metal Gear game, what would his villain name be? Jesus Christ Man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, kind of. Sorry. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, I always think of Metal Gear Solid 3 when everyone is the something. Yes. And so oh, I'm yeah. like, would he be the faith? The he would savior. be he'd be the grace oh, yeah. or something. Yeah. The grace, yeah. The judge. I mean, that's just Blood Meridian, but that's true, but But right. I mean Keanu Reeves also loves telling you that he's read a book before. That's but true, yeah. Guys, did you know that the characters in Metal Gear Solid Five is Ishmael is one of the characters they have in Ishmael? Hey, anyone, anyone heard of this? Anyone heard number? of Moby? Herman Melville? Damn, Hideo sounds annoying. He Never mind. seems like he gets high on his own farts. But everyone, <laughs> I love it though. But if everyone seems oh. to get along with him. He just invites people to his studio, and everyone is like, friends with him. Everyone cool in Hollywood is his best friend. He yeah. did it, man. He yeah, really actually, I changed it. my mind. He sounds cool again. <laughs> I like so, Hideo. Okay, I'm 180'd. But here's, okay, I, I, would, I need to read the Robert Longo quote about how Dolph Lundgren ended up in this movie. Uh, he says, each week they came back and told me I had to have a new actor. To sell the movie in the Middle East, we have to have Dolph Lundgren. Oh, fuck, no. The Middle uh, East. Was, it was his reaction. Dolph he, shows up with his acting coach, a guy with a cape and a cane. We said, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and then apparently... Uh, then Dolph and his acting coach use a magician, maybe? Yeah. And then Longo and, and, and William Gibson, uh, you know, who wrote the screenplay, they yeah, didn't yeah. know what to do with Lundgren, so they just dressed him in robes and long hair and said he he's just like... A crazy, like, cybernetic priest who kills people. You know what's so, so funny, Lundgren, though? Dolph it was the third actor that showed up in this movie where I was like, hang on, what the fuck? Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's you know the number po- three. <laughs> also, it's weird I love because, like, that character. <laughs> it's so funny that he went, he, like, basically got forced into the movie against everybody's Dolph will, Lundgren's apparently. just having a good time. Yeah. And I, like, can't get mad about that. No. Yeah. Okay, uh, weird thing about Dolph I Lund- like a cybernetic also, priest. Also, Dolph Lundgren is, like, low-key... A good actor, yeah. Like I, rem- I had this realization when I, I only seen the first Expendables, yeah. But I was watching that movie, and like Dolph Lundgren was mostly a guy that I like, I knew of just from all the like, you know, eighties and nineties like direct to video action movies he made, and like he yeah. was He Man and stuff like that. Right. And I'm watching this movie, and I'm like. Dolph Lundgren is significantly like giving a better performance than everyone else in this movie, <laughs> and yeah. and and he's had this weird late career renaissance where like he's great in Creed two. Mm-hmm. Um, he's I I was so happy to see him in Aquaman yeah. as okay. an undersea king. Yeah, and uh and sudden and like Dolph Lundgren is, is like the thing is he looks inhuman. Yes, he's like hard to cast because like. You put him in like in sci-fi or fantasy movies, or like like a, a Russian boxer. Yeah, he's but, like all of those like ripped crazy dudes of that he, of the eighties. They look He-Man. weird now, and it's like, what do you? How do you put this guy like in just like a sweater and have him do a <laughs> domestic drama? Like, right. Yeah. He can't just <laughs> bulging can't out of home. Like <laughs> he's just bulging out of his REI sweater, just having like. A, how was your day at the office? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he just drinks a, a glass of whiskey. He is this weird guy yeah. where he looks like a superhero. Yeah, but is like. He like takes acting like very seriously also, and is good at it. Brilliant dude too, right? Like supposed to be like super smart. That's the Dolph yeah. legend is that he was like an MIT yeah. student or something like that. Yeah. Right? Is that true? Or he just fucking just... looks like that. Something like right. that. Right. <laughs> he yeah. made a career out of looking like that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Also, weird thing. This until the first Expendables in 2010, the last theatrically released movie Dolph Lundgren appeared in. Whoa! Wow. Also, just another what shout out to Seth. 15 years. What a career! Yeah, I love it. Chilling and being. But, yeah, hold on, I want to do one shout out to set design again. Do it. Uh, Dolph Lundgren's uh, crucifix 
Bowie knife yeah. is oh. fucking cool. So That's tight. True. Yeah. So tight. Like, yeah. Wherein That's he kills a dude and you like forget that Del Lundgren is there and like yeah. physically there. And then you see a gurney come in with just like crucifix <laughs> coming out of his chest. Yes. It's the tightest thing. It's One of so the best good. shots in the movie. Yeah. yeah. So here's good. the thing. Um, was it Shinji, the mm-hmm. other villain? The, 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 the whip nut thumb. Yeah, the thing is, he and Dolph Lundgren should basically be the same character. There should be one main guy, like, Dude, hunting yeah. them down. An evil priest with a laser whip thumb. That would be Ooh. so Cath- A, a yeah. born-again Catholic Yakuza. Uh, Ooh, with a laser whip and a cross knife. I would love knife. this, though. Ah, okay, that's I so, like it. That's, that's just like a dry a... gun character. Yeah. Yeah. He's just going to look like a Bloodborne guy. He's yeah. come in. No, okay, but here's what it should be. You should have a scene where Takeshi Kitano calls Dolph Lundgren into his office to be like, hunt this man down. So yeah. I want to see the two of them together. Yeah. And uh, and and just simplify it. Yeah, but because Dolph is like Shinji's call. Like, Takeshi Kitano asks Shinji, who then asks Dolph to help him out, right? It's like a... It's just like too many steps. Yeah. yeah. Save yourself some time. And he's famous yeah. in Newark. Yeah. <laughs> he's, right. like, he's, he's like the local celebrity of Newark. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So then basically what happens is uh, Johnny s- survives this hotel room attack. And he's like, I got to complete my mission, get this thing out of my head so I don't die, and then get my childhood memories back. Yeah. And, uh, and find Ralphie will help with that because Ralphie is just kind of like gives him assignments. Yeah, yeah like Ralphie he just had the assignment. To... He lost the code to get the download code to get the stuff off of his brain. I will say the thing with the download code is cool too. That was really cool. Yeah, that was like some of the most coherent like science fiction bullshit in the movie. Right. Where <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like. I understand perfectly how this works and it makes perfect sense that they would do it this way. Yeah, yeah. and also his system yeah, of like, right. of yeah. uh, because he's good at his job, yeah. of like, okay, pick three random frames that are on TV yeah. uh, that I won't know so that I can't, con- so they're like, I'm like impartial. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Yeah. And then, and, and it's like it, the three pieces to unlock it. And so it's like, it's, it also gets to be like a little mini MacGuffin. It's like, yeah. we need these, all three of them yeah. to get them out. Right. It's good. That was the best, like, like nuts and bolts writing in the thing, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just too bad the three axis code images had to get physically printed. And yeah. then that piece of paper got cut in half. <laughs> yeah, like you they went I mean? in a photo booth in a <laughs> shitty bar. Like, why can't you just Snapchat that to somebody? Like, I know. Like, and then on. you can make it a piece of toast or yeah. something cool. It'd be funny. <laughs> yeah. Listen. Put that in Splatoon. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's the 90s, so technology is you're either in a headset that is the size of the room with just wires coming out of it, and you're cumbersomely <laughs> getting literally into the doing shit into the internet, or it's CRTVs and like high grain screens. And so like, my favorite yeah. thing, okay, movie shot released 1995. Uh, the future that it is depicting starts in 2021. Mm-hmm. The yep. number of things that have changed between 1995 and 2021. Uh, there's the free city of Newark. Like, yeah. There does not seem to be a government anymore. They seceded like Staten Island wants to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's it's uh, the economy is tanked in the U. West, but thriving in the east yep. you know uh there's all this future stuff people get brain implants yeah. televisions though crts and really small yeah that's right <laughs> like, yeah like, that's yep. it and a thing i always think about with these is like for doing like even effects work back then it would be pretty easy to just uh have a high resolution like images of like people talking through screens yeah it's like all you do is you just film it normally and yeah. then just like composite that but in. that's not what it's nope. about man. nobody knows know, 1080 by 920 or it's about the, it's <laughs> about that sweet sweet grain it's yeah. about that grainy image it's about how everything is 
actually still pretty much the same. Yeah. You know, even though there's all of these sort of dystopian shits going on. Yeah, but I <laughs> also I will shits. say like a, a little. This is not a real flaw with this movie. It's just like a beef that I personally have. Right. In cinema, there is <laughs> okay. oh no. In cinema, <laughs> there me. is. No, it's about to get lowbrow really fast. Yeah. There's pretty Poopy. much nothing I love more than futuristic yeah. cities. Yeah. I just like give me a futuristic skyline or whatever. Just let me, let me see what this city looks like. I want to see your cool design. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have to be practical. I just want to see what it looks like. There were. I, I wish we had some like skyline shots in this movie. Yes. We don't see That's enough true. of the city. We see like some alleys or like a building. Yeah. But I'm like. Give me like, just give me like a Blade Runner shot. Yeah. Give me like a big skyline. Give, maybe have the camera like move through it a little bit. Isn't this is like two years before the Fifth Element, yeah. which had like an entire like insane like yeah. CGI city. It's like I don't even need anything that crazy, but it's like give me a bit more of the cities. Yeah, like, I agree. One like, or two extra shots. Something here. painted on a board with some lights coming through the back. Of it. Like, <laughs> yes. I just need yeah, that. just Christmas tree lights. Yeah, like, yeah. Just nothing yeah, fancy. It, it just uh, it's a missed opportunity. <laughs> that's all it is. Um, but anyway, he goes to Newark. <laughs> yeah, he goes to Newark. <laughs> he goes that's, to Newark. <laughs> and he see and he takes what looks like is it like a Concord or like some sort of yeah. like you can see it in a wide shot when the, his like big future jet kind of like touches down yeah i i don't really remember yeah some sort of you know fancy futuristic uh vehicle but i don't really remember right. what it looks like i mean the, and then the, he's going there to meet ralph right the logistics of going from beijing to newark are never quite expounded upon and it made me really wonder about it because it seems like the geo like the world economy is doing poorly but yeah. they still have like like direct flights from Beijing to Newark, and like, like pe- yeah. normal ass people can just get on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. The it flights, is the weird. airlines haven't uh, also <laughs> haven't a taken a hit. Delta's doing okay. Re- <laughs> <laughs> a thing we have to remember with this movie is yeah. so this movie is like ninety six minutes long. It's the yeah. perfect length the movie can be. Yes, I yeah. was so happy when I saw how long it was. <laughs> Me too. But but <laughs> a different cut was released in Japan. That is 10 minutes longer. That's <gasps> apparently closer to the director's cut. Has oh. a totally different musical score. Oh. This musical score is by Brad Fidel, who did like uh, a lot of James Cameron scores, like the Terminator right. movies. Okay. Uh, different musical score, 10 minutes longer. I don't think it's been released on any physical media. Hmm. Wow. Uh, for instance, none of us watched that one. Nope. Uh, but yeah, but what was in those other 10 minutes? <laughs> It's all about boarding a plane and going from yeah. Beijing to Newark. You, you know, know what? I'd be into that because I want to see what the future plane looks like. I do. Right? Yes. I do. You know, yeah. I mean, even just imagining a futuristic plane stuff with that isn't like so focused on security theater. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like, what is it like? Like, what are the actual like terrorist threats? It doesn't seem like there are. Like, there are any other like geopolitical conflict except the things that corporations do mm. to each other. Yeah. Is right. there more turbulence in a post-apocalyptic air current when you're going, you know, from Beijing like, to Newark? You guys want the smog? What kind of food do you get? What kind of food do you get to eat? It's a really long flight, yeah. you know? What like, is it like being a waiter in this world? Yeah. What is you know? it like being a waiter in this world? Honestly, if someone was a school would, teacher, what would they... Here's your mutated three-headed What fish? would their curriculum yeah. be? Yeah. I would just like to see a part where he's on a plane and then just like a flight attendant like offers him whatever meal options they have in the future. Yeah, glowing yes. blue drink. Oh. Just like it would be again... Your space he juice. Could've, he could have fit in like the importance of his memories in there in that scene. Right. You could have used that as a vehicle to expound on any number of the emotional things that are Wait, just not solidified. I got you know? it. I got it. Thank you. Yes. He falls yeah. asleep on the flight, dreams about the like the, the snatches of a childhood he remembers, a and piece is, of cake is, he is, is awoken yes. by a flight attendant 
offering, asking what meal he wants. Holographic yeah. peanuts? And, and Matt, Matt, you, holographic you, peanuts? Yes. You don't even think Matt, you're making fun of this, but I know that you love lore more than anyone. I know. You uh, love yeah. this world building nonsense. <laughs> I'm sorry. What if they have spaghetti, but it's just wires? <laughs> it's tomato it's coaxial cables. <laughs> just sauce on them. It's, it's yeah. Hey, it's, listen, this movie needs to be 10 minutes long ago. <laughs> <laughs> what if spaghetti but it's Fios <laughs> yeah, it's fiber optic cables with spaghetti sauce on okay, it okay yeah. so they're in Newark uh-huh. and yeah. iced tea is there <laughs> no, before, J-Bones before you meet iced tea you meet Henry Rollins. Yes. As yeah. the nerd boyfriend of a sexy lady bodyguard. Let's also, talk about Henry Rollins. In Newark, the only people who are bodyguards are sexy ladies. That's right. Also, <laughs> apparently that character is different cool. in the uh, the short story it's based on. Yeah, she was Molly Millions, who was also from the Neuromancer. Exactly, but oh. the rights to her were owned by a different studio, <laughs> which is weird you because this is like comic them. book movie shit. This is almost yeah. more dystopian than the movie. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, it's like a, a major character cannot appear because uh, she's owned by a different corporation. Right. Yeah. It's like Baby Yoda memes being kiboshed by Disney. Right, and so she oh. becomes Jane. Uh, played by uh, Dina Meyer, Dinah Meyer, uh, who was in some, who was in like Starship Troopers. Cool, good uh, for her. Hell yeah! But I, uh, I mean, okay, on her Wikipedia page, I. Uh, the main things that list are a recurring role on Beverly Hills 90210 and Johnny Mnemonic. Wait, is beautiful. Song. I mean, she was Sorry, great Dina. in oh, this movie. Yeah, oh, I liked her. Yeah, she was good. She, she was, really was uh, on the uh, the short lived WB series Birds of Prey. Hell the, like, yeah! And uh, which yeah. Uh, future guest Kendra James uh, is a big fan of. It was like the nice. the WB like sort of Batman <laughs> side character it show. It was absolutely fucking psychotic. It was amazing. She played Barbara Gordon slash. Batgirl okay, Oracle. so the way that they handle Oracle in that show is that it's one of those things that I also think about with Batman and Breaking His Back, where Barbara Gordon Oracle paralyzed, but in the show she is both paralyzed and also Batgirl. So wow. she has a device she can put on her spine that gives her the ability to walk again. And my oh, whole so thing is like, not give that to people. Yeah. Give that to people? Excuse yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Give your like back fixing technology to the world, guys. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, you could improve so many lives. Dude, Stephen Hawking could just run around. I don't sprint at top no. speed. But guys, here's the awesome. thing: Stephen Hawking could have as much sex as he finally wanted. <laughs> exactly. The See? Thing, yeah, that's the thing: is like you couldn't. There's not a, a, a number in the world of criminal, you know, like burglars you could punch in the face that would be as like worth it as just giving the. Whatever the plans then, of that technology, but Matt, then there's I the know. horrifying realization that Bruce Wayne became rich by owning a wheelchair company. <laughs> oh, that see that would be interesting then. Yeah, though. one of my favorite really bad things about the movie The Dark Knight Rises, and there's so many bad things about that movie, <laughs> is that you you fix having a broken back with a fucking rope. Yeah. That's of it. Course. That's yeah. how you fix being paralyzed from the waist down. Is yeah. someone yanks your back with a rope. That's it. That's yeah. all you have well, to do. Well, that's the thing about all these. <laughs> Guys, they're just not really trying hard enough, you know. <laughs> okay, we're we're an hour and a half into this episode. <laughs> yeah, we should, oh. we should and, and we we've we've, we've gotten have, a little bit into it. Okay, but we're at Henry Rollins. We're, now. we're talking about Henry Rollins. Yeah. So he is 
the he's a nerd. He's a fucking nerd. He's a nerd and a doctor. He's telling his girlfriend not to do, not to like, you know, stress her body too much. He's basically. He's like Kanye West telling Kim Kardashian to get changed and go home. Like, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> when he's role and it's in this movie. Very interesting analogy yeah. there. Yeah. There's so, a good tweet a while back. I forgot who said it. So if you heard this and you wrote it, I'm, shout outs to you. I'm sorry. But yeah. it was like, damn, Kanye West, like Kim Kardashian thought she was marrying a visionary artist and ended up with a guy that goes to church and tells her to change. No, wait, the, the Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> He just pans in on her at Sunday service and she's just like, ooh. Joel Olstein just sitting there. Joel Olstein grinning, just looking like he wants Uh. to eat her skin. Okay, so I'm just looking at Henry Rollins' acting career, uh, which basically began one year before this movie. What was he in before this? He was in a movie called The Chase, which I've never heard of. It stars Charlie Sheen and Christy Swanson. Henry Rollins has third billing as Officer Dobbs. Um, Wait, he's a fucking cop in that movie? Yeah, it's a crime comedy. But then, 95, he's in Johnny Mnemonic, and I forgot, he's in Heat. Oh, right. Oh, Johnny? Wow. Uh, Henry Rollins is in Heat? That's also, awesome. Yeah, also, here's a thing that I did not know. Um, in 1998, Henry Rollins is in the Michael Keaton snowman movie, Jack Frost. He's the he's the, um, the guy who clears out the snow, I believe, or like the his, snowplow guy. His terrorist oh, name yeah. is Sid Gronick. Isn't that right? Isn't I've he, never seen Jack Frost. He's either like a bus driver or some sort of like, he does Am something right like that. Am I right or is the snowman horny in that movie? It's horny. It's a horny yeah. snowman? I thought it might be. he's the dad. It's got a big yeah. Yeah, he's boner. Like using, being a snowman and he's able to like stay in touch with like his kid and wife. Yeah. But they throw... I haven't seen it. They but throw, they make him make a lot of horny jokes for some reason. His kids throw Even snowball at him. Put, and, put, it, put, it, put his carrot down and yeah, like his dick and in his coal yeah. and he manages his dick and balls. And they also throw snow at him and he he has breasts. That was in the trailer. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. that. And Everybody, he, they thought that was going to be a big laugh line. Was, yeah. uh, the yeah. snowman with the titties. Somehow a was horny it snowman <laughs> with Michael Keaton's voice not appealing to children. <laughs> That's so scary. That sounds really scary. <laughs> Yeah, I look mean, at my is... big orange dick, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll cover that in, in our Michael Keaton season, which is uh, Skeeton with Keaton. Skeeton with Keaton. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, Gross. Whatever. Did um, you just use the "To the Winners to the Walls" as your theme song for that one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would love to figure out how to do a parody version of that and change all the lyrics to "Windows to the Walls" to Michael Listen, Keaton. Listen, there's got to be some the... anime black that is listening to this right now who can do this for Get you. To the window. Yeah. Hold on, Listeners. hold on, hold on. Yes. Okay. Something's coming to me. Oh God. From to the windows to the walls, <laughs> does Birdman fly or fall? <laughs> okay. Not bad. That would be like the first line. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Henry That's Rollins is in the film Johnny Mnemonic. Uh, what is his job again? He's, he's, he's a, a resistance doctor. His right. name is Spider. Yeah. His name um, is Spider. He's a resistance doctor. He was the recipient of the file. We will learn later. Yes. Right. right. Because he reveals in this scene when we finally meet him that what's in Johnny's head is the cure to NAS, the yeah. neuroatrophy or whatever. Yeah, that okay. was a great reveal. So, so, so okay. And then this is where Henry Rollins begins to get angrier and angrier yeah. every single time that we see him. Yeah, yes. he just starts getting so pissed. It's great. Yeah, yeah. What, what I also fantastic. like about this is like Henry Rollins is there being angry, but also being short. Yep. <laughs> I appreciate Short King always. Henry Rollins. Because when I think of Henry Rollins in movies, I for some reason he's a, it's a small role. I always think of him in Bad Boys 2. 
Okay. And he's like, she, yeah, he's like the like SWAT team leader. And so like, er, like on the, uh, has anyone seen Bad Boys too? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, important film. Uh, so it begins with that, like an attack on a KKK rally. Right. Yes. And uh, and Henry Rollins, like he's like like briefing the team about like the the mission. And, yeah. And, and all that, and it's like Henry Rollins, like super badass, surrounded by like assault yeah. rifles, like with like Michael Bay lighting, and it like really seems serious. Like you don't fuck with him. <laughs> Henry Rollins here, not quite the same. Like no. he's not as not as intimidating. You can't like remove the like, high, like short, complex, tattooed yeah. former punk headman sort of like intensity from Henry Rollins, no matter what. Yeah. But uh, he has the the thing is you were you were saying that he was he's like kind of a nerd. Like I didn't realize he lobbied no, he's to a be. Dweeb. Yeah, he like campaigned to be in Black Flag. He like went to move to DC. I was hanging out with them as a teenager when they're all in their late twenties, and we're like, yeah, yeah, kid, you can sing for us, whatever. Mm-hmm. And like since then, like after Black Flag, you know, collapsed essentially, uh, he started doing solo stuff, but also mostly using like touring as a way to like turn all of his audience into his best friends because he doesn't really have any friends. <laughs> yeah. And like you know, part of the his like energy is deeply nerdy. Like he's an obsessive fan that yeah. ended up being the the front man for one of the biggest punk bands ever, one of the most legendary punk bands ever, and one of those in, during some of their most like legendary albums ever. Yeah. And uh, but if you like look at him, like it's just so natural to me that he'd end up in like Avatar: The Last Airbender, you know, in the Korra, because that's like I didn't know he was in that. He was in that but as sure. like as an anarchist when he like read like Bakunin and shit <laughs> to like understand the role better yeah. and like was so into it that he would was. Uh, asked back for a gag episode and he didn't understand the concept of a gag episode and was like why is this character saying funny things that he would never say <laughs> I love it I, I, I mean I was going through his, his IMDB and it's like oh yeah he had a recurring role on Batman Beyond yeah, yeah. and uh sure I feel he's like he's a just... big time dorkus like but you he can just tell. is you, you can. can tell because of the way he speaks and part of it is just a he very superficial like sibling. a guy that never got laid and then started working out so he would get laid but didn't become less awkward yeah, no, that's perfect. That's a, yeah. yep. Yeah. Okay, that and that's the book on him. So yeah. now it's after Spider. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, so that we meet Jane, of course. Yes. And yeah. uh, she shows. She actually. She's there. Uh, you know, she meets Ralphie yeah. in the the future club. She seems like she wants so bad to work with him. Yeah. Until Ralphie she's been is given so a cool. counter offer. Yeah. Also, Ralphie has like uh, his like older female bodyguards. He's got two female yeah. bodyguards, one of which he licks the tongue of. I, yes. That was my yeah, that was awesome. wild. <laughs> like it was just their casual way of just being like, "See you later." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the thing. Udo Kier is creepy and always has some kind of like just like un, like unsettling sexual energy to him. Yeah, like in everything true. he's appeared in that we've seen so far. He yeah. seemed so horny in that scene. Like all three of them seem like they're fucking, and it makes them so weird and gross. I love yep. it though, but it's it's so perfect. It's, it's the, perfect. The dynamic was so funny. Yeah, I love Udo Kier. Yeah, yeah, he's great, and he's so really but like you know, she gets turned down yeah. by him, and then how does she meet Johnny again? Sorry, I watched this two days ago, and it's oh, like she's they're about to cut on off his him, head. and yeah, because yeah, they're about to cut off his head, and they're spying on him, and she it seems like she really wants to fuck over Udo Kier, right? And that's her main motivation to right. come in there and offer to be his bodyguard. One, because she needs the cash, and this guy is in imminent danger of having his head cut off, so I bet he'd cough it up. And two, because he 
she just wants to fuck over Udo Kier in some way. Yeah. yeah. He, right. he humiliated her in that bar. Yeah. Right. And I do also love the idea that Keanu's head is all that's valuable. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's just a hard drive and they yeah. can cut it off and get what they want. <laughs> yeah, it's just exactly. a hard drive on this thing that can run around and try and get away from you. Yeah. Right. right. Like, get back here, hard drive. <laughs> it's like buying one of those alarm clocks that yeah. can like grow feet and run away from oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like a nightmare. It's like getting a, one of those robot vacuums, but it can like tell you to fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Johnny demonic about an angry Roomba. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he gets basically they align themselves, and then we get like the big co-pairing of the movie. We, finally, we, where we now all... he's established with his new bodyguard, right? Yeah. But also we, we, we established that she has NIS, which yeah. we kind of right. forgot about because no one's mentioned it in like right. since that like forty-five minutes ago. She that has so NIS. He has the cure in his head. My favorite thing about this movie is NIS. It's uh, yeah. the idea that if you use the internet too much, you'll just fucking die. <laughs> Which yeah. feels true to life. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I mean when they say they said that they just made a movie about Twitter. Like right. If you are on Twitter for too long, you'll just have a seizure and die. It right. makes your sure. life worse. I mean, yeah. I've certainly Look had... at Kurt Eichenwald. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kurt Eichenwald is looking is... at hentai and... <laughs> Getting sent epileptic gifs two, constantly. Two days ago, I watched uh, The Informant, which was based mm. on a book he wrote. And I was like, I this movie that. is so great. What happened to this man? You forget that Twitter. he was yeah. like, yeah, you yeah. forget. It's, it's a perfect, yes. He was like a, a decent journalist who had done some great work and then just contracted some kind of mental Brain degeneracy. Worms. We, yeah. we have all a sequel getting to the NAS. Infor- <laughs> we have a sequel to The Informant where Matt Damon's character just gets really into Twitter years later. <laughs> I would watch that in a heartbeat. So the uh, the just... monologue is him just saying different shit posts? Yes. Like oh. milk be, ape. Like <laughs> That would be so sad. <laughs> yeah. So the NAS is kind of like the only thing that like carries over into having some sort of like relevancy as a cultural commentary now, just like with a very literal and heavy handed like sort of example of information overload. I mean, right. I would say yeah. Big Pharma as an evil entity is yeah. also Big Pharma. Con what is the name of this? Yeah. not when you said like this, the end of this movie is like Bernie Sanders' wet dream. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, like, like this is what he would envision as yeah. like an ideal like solve to the dystopian yeah. future we're living There's in. There's so yeah. many things where it is just to <laughs> seem like it does the thing that I like so much about yeah, cyberpunk yeah. or dystopian fiction in general where it's just taking like the, our problems that we have right now and making them like a thousand times bigger, just exaggerating yeah. them. Yeah. And the stuff where to big pharma and like our uses of the internet does feel like that yeah yeah but that's the only parts of the movie that feel like that exactly. Exactly. Right. Imagery, imagery to like match the like emotional tenor of what you're feeling about yeah right stuff. wait yeah. Does, so does anyone else have nas other than jane like it seems like None the, the entire population right. has it though yeah um, um to uh, uh takeshi kitano's daughter died right. from it right which oh, it right. becomes an impetus for him doing a 180 character change yes, because there the is end. the woman in the computer what nationality is this woman yeah she uh, changes it like maybe three times so unclear <laughs> yeah. she really she's she's just an internet lady british, i think <laughs> she's yeah. british she's american then she's weird vaguely german Jap- by the end german yeah or japanese yeah. or something it's i don't know i stopped trying japanese. to figure it out I was just like, it's just a face. Yeah, <laughs> just an just, internet she thing. She shows up to yell at you. Yeah. <laughs> I believe uh, the actress is German. Okay. Barbara Sukawa. Okay. Okay. Uh, but yeah, but she just she, she got a appears, program. 
And it, it, it didn't change. Oh my god, I, I, I'm sorry that like my this movie it's okay. is fading from my memory so fast. But did she like found the company? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And now she's like in the computer. She's an AI. They, they, part of her will was that she had to become an AI that could consult them from the mainframe of their computer. Right. Oh. Yes. See, that's cool though. I like that idea. That shit I buy and think is cool. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, just like a crazy, grandiose person who's like, of course the company yeah. will fall to pieces if I perish and, yeah. d- and leave my legacy to the, like, these imbeciles. It's so just like when now you I'm just going to be your AI. <laughs> when leaning in goes wrong. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 What she's a micromanager. <laughs> but so she's just a blue face and yells at Takeshi Kitano. Um, yeah. What about Klobacharizard? And she's like, a, ooh, some sort of Pokemon. <laughs> I didn't think sort, about some it. Some sort of Pokemon? You mean a Charizard? I didn't really it's think the, about the, it. The stage she's a fire she evolves into Hillary Clinton. Yeah, right. And yeah. how could I do Clinton as a Pokemon? Get back to me. You guys keep talking. I'm gonna just sit here. And yeah, yeah. Okay. Matt, we'll Matt, Matt, that's important. You, you you work on that. Yeah. Uh, so she has NIS and just starts like convulsing in, yeah. in a mall, and then they get a computer, and he goes into the internet. It's so good. And then and that's you also saw a bit of the internet like early on in the movie, like right, right. at the beginning, just Very like flying through this. Through like a, a late '90s screensaver, yeah. Um, but that's the same kind of thing. That's like Lawnmower Man Two Beyond Cyberspace type thing. A film I've never seen. <laughs> I gotta but- say also that the internet is like that in Profit. <laughs> The television oh, show oh, profit. profit. It's See, really the good. thing is, all comes back around. The visualization of the internet, ha- like in that whole like solid maybe fifteen year span, twenty year span, is like it's always been the same. I feel like because yeah. I've been thinking of like reboot yep. or like all the VR shit from various movies like Disclosure and stuff where there's just like these hilarious ideas that you're like just going to need to do the same banal shit in. A CGI landscape R- and Clint yeah. Clint Onyx is that something like Hillary Clint Onyx? Yeah, I'll, I'll do better. Yeah, well, you can work on that still. Okay. Exactly. Um, is wait, rock Pokemon is um okay. What is it? Is it Virtuosity? Yes, the one uh with like the the, the gloves and like having to like get the files and yep. stuff like that. Yeah. Yes. Which uh, a movie I haven't seen, but just just this idea of like the internet being super literal. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a place, and you have to like basically do the physical actions of getting things. But that said, it's like again because this movie does have like it is. It's not meant to be like super serious. No. Right. And so just the insane look of Keanu with a massive blank visor on his face yeah. and the gloves. And just see him sitting there at the table making these very deliberate gestures. Yeah. Right. And the sound effects for every time he like turns his hands, they're great. They're so <laughs> great. Yeah. Just it looks like you're watching him do like an actor's workshop thing. Where yeah. It's like, and now you take a box and now you hold the box. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what it looks Everybody like. Looks My <laughs> favorite thing though is like when the it shows the uh, dolphin perspective of going jacking into the internet and there's like a dolphin internet. It's later. Echo. Yeah. yeah. It's just Echo the <laughs> it's dolphin. Just Echo the dolphin. And in it's cyberspace. free to finally swim in a way that it's not able to do in reality. It feels so Isn't bad that, for that dolphin. Doesn't that dolphin in the tank also look like that um, art exhibit by that guy, the British artist? Damien Hurst. Damien Hurst. Yeah. Yes, it the does. Shark. The shark. Yeah, in the yes. formaldehyde. That's what I, I thought. I don't think Aww. I've seen this. It's, it's gimmicky and stupid. It's Damien Hurst. Don't right. worry about it. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> one, of, one of the most overhyped artists of all time. I haven't uh, heard of this I guy, but fuck him. him. He sounds terrible. <laughs> he fucking. Sucks. He's the one that did for the um, 
for the love of money or something like that, which is just a skull that's encrusted with diamonds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And like oh, the point, oh, I've seen that. The yeah. point of it is to be a skull that's encrusted with diamonds. And like, that's the point he's making. Oh. So I fucking so hate this So bring it back to dolphins though really quick. Also Dolphin Lundgren. Hey. <laughs> hey, I'm just literally free associating like a moron. That's what you bring to this podcast. Uh, we have not described the events of this movie in a linear fashion whatsoever. It doesn't but matter. But this last 45 minutes really feels like it's all happened simultaneously. So. It does also like Ice T and his like revolutionary the low tech the low tech the low tech which which is great and they also I've been trying to figure out they're just all like Staten Island hip hop guys it's like if you turn Wu Tang Clan into a like much larger yeah. gang of people Ice yeah. and gave them crossbows Ice T is James uh, J Bone he's like. The leader, he's got some cool dreads, and they uh, all have, like dreads and face they're tattoos. Always talking about the bitches they're about to be fucking. Yeah, like, yeah. always. And they always wonder, are you guys working on a resistance or not? Okay. <laughs> also, the thing is, like, like planning. Forty resistance. What's their plan here, guys? Like, their headquarters <laughs> is cool. Is the craziest, most expensive-looking set in this entire movie. Yeah, it's yeah. So it, dope. It, it got there, and I'm music like, videos must have been shot in there for the next decade. Oh my yeah. gosh. I was like, wait a second, you couldn't afford like a skyline shot. And yet, <laughs> this entire set with like is so elaborate. It's like it filled an entire soundstage. Well, yeah. because you know, and and like you're the criticism of the CRTV, but you're not going to get that amazing the room with. Obviously, the it's fake so dolphin good. in the big old tank of green slushy water, and then the big stack of CRTVs, Just like a the big tower of a them. tower of them. That it's I've so always cool. loved it's that so look. Cool. And then, yeah. and of course, now we're just skipping to the end. But uh, but the crazy like headpiece visor yeah. that, that Keanu has to put on with like all of the tubes and wires like going up to the ceiling, mm-hmm. like that is that right there. It, it honestly looks almost like a, a Frank Quitely drawn. Yeah. Like, yes. yeah, it's so cool. Yeah. It's just, the Keanu's arc in this movie is that he has to go through increasingly, he gets an offer of like increasingly, an increasingly painful sounding procedures in order yeah. to get the data yeah, yeah. out of his head yeah. until he finds the one that is both unavoidable and the most painful it could be. And he's like, well, I guess I committed well, to this shit. now. Yeah. yeah, what other option do I have? Yeah. That is a very good, concise way to explain he, what happens, it, it essentially. It just takes him a really long time. I mean, if, he has a, if his character has an emotional arc, it's that he has to learn how to care by other people as evidenced by the sort of shoehorned in love plot with uh, right. Jane. Yeah. And, and, and my thing is like that like makes sense to me but when it does get to like the climax where it does have to be like basically like sticking it to big pharma and yeah. like saving the world yeah. that to me that feels a bit like like more generically just like you know, like a very like black and white conflict that doesn't feel as cyberpunk to me. Right. Cyberpunk doesn't usually involve like like Straight up, just you like you don't win in Cyberpunk, right? You like, just don't win. You might resolve yeah. a smaller conflict, but you do not stop like the the giant evil corporation. At least not in the first movie. Well, I don't yeah. get yeah. why it. Why did that it blow to... up? I read on Wikipedia that the implication was that people did it, but like, how did they get up that high? Because <laughs> I was just saying, like, they, he sent he they. The okay. end of the movie, this pharma pharmacom that corporations are headquarters yeah. is on fire, but only the top of it. Yeah, so they obviously got to the top floor and, and set up a whole yeah. very complicated well, they, set of bombs. Yeah, they had a bunch of C4 and yeah. they just politely went down to the bottom floor and they detonated it. Would, it be, more, would yeah. it be more cyberpunk because eventually they obviously they get the data out of Johnny's head and then I guess the one thing that the resistance of low-tech does is like do these uh, sort of pirate broadcasts where they commandeer every... That shit was also really cool looking. I love the different composite yeah, The early 90s MTV style editing. Yeah. 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 Nice. I loved it. Uh, 
So, like, that's what they've been doing, I guess, as part of the resistance is just, like, literally disseminating like, random, yeah. like, bits of, like, anti-propaganda. information, propaganda. It felt a little bit like the way that you hear, uh, like, communist slogans talked about in mm. East Asia, mm-hmm. like, Vietnam and China. Right. Where, like, a big part of uh, communist, like, communist uh, agitation was just coming up with slogans that you could easily, like, hand out as leaflets or flyers. It's memetic. Right. It's yeah. just memes right. again. Yeah, it, yeah. it's just memes again. <laughs> it's just meme it magic, baby. more like memes. Johnny Memetic. Yeah. Hey. hey, I mean, it's part of the same route. Honestly, that could have been the sequel, if there was a sequel. Yeah, if this was movie going to destroy half the people's careers. So, but, so, yeah. Johnny, I, mean, I don't know. They, he just sends, if it would be more cyberpunk so, if he sends out the information for the cure, and then that's it. And then they're like, I hope this works. Well, look. And, like, that's their victory. Here's the thing. Yeah. Once again... We're going back to the Matrix. How does the Matrix end? Pat. Do they bring down the machines in the first movie? No, they no. have. They just gain the ability to hope that it might happen. Exactly. It ends with him just delivering a message to them. Yeah. And that's it. And it's like there's Succinct. a the humans have a bit more hope. Yeah. And he has gone through this personal journey. I think this movie should have ended with, um, you know, Johnny gets his brain you know, saved so he's not going to develop weird, like, liquefying seepage or whatever. And that's important. That's important. He gets saved, right? The, uh, his bodyguard no longer has NAS. They mm-hmm. get the immediate cure for her. That could be the climax. Yeah. Dolph Lundgren gets, like, whatever, burned to death or whatever happens to him. He goes right? on such a gnarly way. He, yeah. he, he gets fucked up. It's um, really great. It goes on for, like, a minute. He loves yeah. it. He loves it. Yeah. yeah. He loves being <laughs> he hurt. He did seem to kind of be yeah. grinning. Yeah. Um, but then we do a hard cut, and then he's in, like, I don't know. Like, what's a what's like what's what's like a nice resort? Saint Tropez. Yeah, he's in Neo Saint Tropez. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and he's sipping on like a, a cyber, a, yeah, juice. holographic yeah. mojito. <laughs> <laughs> I love that everything's a hologram. Nothing is real. No one gets any sustenance it's from the any future, of this. It's dog. All right, you don't need sustenance. You just need data. Okay, yeah. Yeah. you just need those ones and zeros. Yeah, and uh, and he's just relaxing, and they're both chilling at this beach, and yeah. And that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's no. your big pitch. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted him to be relaxing at the end. Is all. I just uh, wanted something like he just. Key, I, would, I would settle yeah. for him and his Jane like going on a uh, getting on the back of a motorcycle or something and driving off into the sunset. That's right? yeah. better. Like yeah. he is a deeply selfish person, but the fact that he's brought one person into his life represents an emotional change in him. Exactly. So I just having that cemented in a way that's a little bit better than one kiss and then vaguely staring into each other's eyes. That's the thing I want resolved. Not this yeah. world. Him. Yeah. His stuff. I, like, also, I don't need Takeshi Kitano to, like, show up there. No. That yeah. also seems kind of weird to me. It's like, you're going to, like, lower yourself to, like, their level and, like, go to, like, also, the resistance base? how fast did you get to Newark? Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was my big question. Yeah. Takeshi Kitano, yeah. He's they, got some speedy hey, access. Look, you know? maybe that other 10 minutes contains all the answers. But, I, I, look, a really important thing <laughs> oh, that we haven't talked bad, much dude. about is... So there's a scene when they're like outside the uh, the low techs like base. Right. Uh, wait, what bridge is that? It, uh, the so they're in Newark. Like, so like the Verrazano. The Newark City. Not, it wouldn't be the, yeah. It might be the Verrazano. Yeah. yeah, but they're like the base of like I'll just say the Verrazano Bridge. Sure. And um and they have to like get up like like into it and they yeah. have this crazy contraption like drops exploding cars down yeah. on people it's I also, tight I like it's, that and that's yeah. really cool and uh and you have this part where like they can't get in and uh and like 
this is where Johnny like breaks and freaks out. Yeah. He hates this entire experience <laughs> and he just wants to get back to his cushy life where he can order, he, he just wants to order room service and yeah. like a $10,000 a night hooker. Yeah. He just has a temper tantrum. Cool, he does. Crisp Mexican beer. And yep. It rules. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, wait, I'm, I'm going to look up the exact quote it's so for good. it because um, it's, it's some of the finest monologuing that Keanu Reeves has ever done. Because oh, it's yeah. the emotional note so perfect. <laughs> Okay, here it is. He says, listen, you listen to me. You see that city over there? That's where I'm supposed to be. Not down here with the dogs and the garbage and the fucking last month's newspapers blowing back and forth. I've had it with them. I've had it with you. I've had it with all this. Pause. I want room service. Yeah. I want the club sandwich. Yeah. I want the cold Mexican beer. I want the $10,000 a night hooker. I want my shirts laundered <laughs> like they do. At the, the Imperial Hotel in Tokyo. So specific. <laughs> it's wonderful. I it, love it. It like it emphasizes like it's a perfect speech. It works perfectly in the sort of building blocks of cinema, you script writing way, where it establishes <laughs> how far away from the stakes of the resistance he yep. is. It is perfectly acted. It sums up so much of the tone of the movie, which is just this guy being by the nature of the world and how it is being thrust into an adventure he doesn't want. Yeah. And it is like a perfect scene. It is a perfect scene. Yeah, and it's and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's good. Him, it's him on top of like a pile of trash with like yes. a spotlight on him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's uh, it, it is basically he is like he is like an actor delivering this monologue. Yeah, it's, it's uh, perfect. It's great. He certainly is it. acting. You could tell that he was playing Hamlet earlier that year. You know, yeah. somewhere yeah. in Ontario. It's I think true. one of the problems I have with this Which movie is, is like, and I bet this is more the director's fault than anything and maybe some of the like chopped and screwed editing they had to do after the fact is that you know the the tone doesn't stay really super consistent yeah like people's acting in scene by scene seems to reflect like completely contrary almost like directions by we, the director or whoever yeah it, that scene felt like it did come from a different movie where we understood to the emotional stakes a little bit yeah, better yeah yeah um that scene and then I, I wish there was some more connected tissue between going from there to him and jane making out in the yes. mall yep. where i get it I get it. They're both horny people with no place to go in the world. That mm-hmm. don't they don't have anyone they can yeah, rely it's on. A recipe rely for a great them. relationship. Yeah. Well, it's like Speed. It's the end of Speed, where they're like, "Well, we've been through something that's made us horny for each other now, and it's probably not going to work out." But like, let's get the most out of it. Right. Like, yeah. You know. Like, yeah. It it works and it makes sense and they're beautiful, so you kind of want to see them kiss anyway. But I just you know I get how they get there. But what happened in between? Just tell me, and no yeah. one will. Also, important note: Jane wears a cool chainmail shirt for the, throughout this movie. <laughs> How did we go chain so long? Chainmail shirt and this. no bra. Yeah, yeah. Which is Nipples. gonna hurt. Yeah. Ouchie uh, and I'm pinchy. Of those pinchy yeah. nipples that are definitely a happening. <laughs> just like bruises all over her chest. It's, it's okay. It's gross. a future chainmail shirt. Oh, yeah. I forgot. It's, it's probably some sort of cyber shirt. It's a hologram. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, <probably laughs> it's a holographic. Yeah, can't yeah. get pinched by a hologram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In the future, all clothing is holograms yeah. no everyone is naked all the time yeah, yeah. that would be really cool. that would actually be awesome that sounds yeah. awesome yeah. if it could also still keep you warm like in the that would be tight time. honestly because yeah. they could just change yeah. during the day and not have to worry about it yeah yeah but in the summer holographic yeah. outfit oh, oh man so that like i could be in the winter i could be wearing what feels like my bed but yeah. looks like normal person clothes yeah yeah okay <laughs> uh, tech people get on this yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah we're just giving you free yeah ideas. figure that out tim cook 
We're yeah. done with the Apple Watch. It's Rehired over. Nobody wants Johnny an Apple Watch. Make Give him me do a holographic yeah. pair of pants. Um, <laughs> all right? I'm sick of this. Tim Cook, you have not innovated shit since the main man, the OG. My name is Jake Cook, and I'm tired of wearing real pants. Get them off me. I want to wear holograms. Yeah, I want I want some holographic this fabric. This feels a little bit like, is your cat too loud? <laughs> <laughs> Are blankets slitting your wrists? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so wait. What, no. What else is there to say about this movie? Uh, this That's movie's, pretty fun. This movie's hilarious. And, yeah. uh, it's like, it's I, a good time at I the theater. You take an edible 45 minutes before you start this totally. movie. Totally. It's a visual yeah, trip. Yeah. Take some, drop half a tab of acid, watch Yo, the movie. Take some mushrooms, man. Yeah, it's only going to improve it. it it's only style, zero substance. Right. Yeah, and I plot, just wish I would right. give this a full like extra star on Letterboxd if the action were just better. Yeah, same. It, is, like, it yeah. is frustrating when there'll be a little fight scene and then like a bad guy gets like, punched and it's just kind of shot in, in the background and you yeah. like don't see it. it's just like I know this is a pre-matrix world where just a- American action movies but it looked like just, it was shot for television yeah, it yeah does. it's pretty bad yeah. and there were good action movies we've watched Speed we've watched Point Break yep. so we right. know it's not like action couldn't be good or was like generally bad it really looked the like time. they put a camera they on a tripod up. and let yeah. people f- punch around it and didn't think about like the narrative arc that comes in a fight Right. Yeah, and just like they that would up. elevate the movie so much if yeah. there was like good action. Yeah, because they really have would. the building blocks for so many really cool scenes. They so do. many like Dolph emotional rivalry. All his Lundgren. cool like themed weapons. Honestly, he says, "Come to Jesus." Yes, <laughs> if the action was good, he I, crucifies I would give, Henry Rollins. It's fucking tight. That is funny. Yeah. That's good. If the action was good, I wouldn't have cared at all if the plot was bad because yep. the d- design was there. If the action was good, that's two for three. Yeah, and I would have been. I would have yeah. just completely glossed over. Like, like who gives a shit? Like the plot a, sucks. Like a billion dollars, yeah. and it would have been so fun to watch. Let's remake it. <laughs> no, it no, that's no, a good movie just for give a remake. It to the someone give us. A but the Wachowskis <laughs> would be redundant <laughs> at this point. Yeah, they they would. They, they, they 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 the Matrix, which is just better. Yeah, it's like similar stuff, but better. Giant Mnemonic is in would be a fun one to redo because it's bad enough to warrant but would it, it would not be camp then. Okay, okay. It let's, no, 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 guys, Can we play like, this game? So we've fixed, we've done all the improvements that we want to do to the plot and yes. the yeah. action scenes and everything. Who's Johnny? Who's Jane? Who's I see? Who's Henry Rollins? We're doing this right now? We want to do it We're right now. We're going to recast it? Let's okay, man. Look at Pat doing basically a real Johnny mnemonic. Yeah. <laughs> he literally has a whole cord in his head. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, literally yeah, have yeah. one earphone in your head that looks like you're jacked awesome. in. <laughs> okay. Danny DeVito is Johnny mnemonic. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, am I doing this right? Yeah. Oh, no, he has brain seepage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the, Irish, the whole cast of the Irishman. <laughs> <laughs> John CGI Lithgow's character the from the, the the movie about that news anchor woman. Wait, wait, wait. John Lithgow is Roger Ailes. Yes, John is Lithgow. Johnny Mnemonic. He yeah. is playing Pharmacom's leader because that actually works. Let's see. It, well, that it, actually it, does it's work. It's weird because I just keep leader. thinking of like other things, that, like other Selena similar. Gomez. Uh, as Jane. As Jane. No, no that's too close like to... No, she looks like she's 16 years old. She always will. She always will. It's going to be weird when she's 80. It's going to be weirder when she's 80. Yep. Yeah, um, she's I do be think dead, though, that probably. one of these people should be a musician so God that willing. you get the crossover potential. Like, Billie yeah. Eilish should be J-Bone or something. 
Ooh, yeah. no, Billie Eilish should be Spider. Oh, Billie Eilish should be Spider. Oh, yeah. totally. And just make that a queer romance. Is she a good actor? I have no idea. She's 16, it doesn't matter. Yeah, okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, she makes exceptionally boring music for sad people. <laughs> hey, I like her album. Yeah. I don't like too. it. No, yeah. sorry. You guys are all wrong. Okay. <laughs> I, I am sad. So. Millions of people are wrong. There's three of us and one of you. Her yeah. shit's so boring, man. Come on. Well, we Look, don't need to. We're talking about Johnny Mott. You want to listen to, <laughs> sometimes you want to listen to FKA Twigs, but you're so, you feel so demoralized by the world that all, all you can handle is Billie Eilish. It's like the same reason why people like Lord, except I wasn't a poetry writing, well, I was a poetry writing teen, which made me impossible for me to like Lord, mm-hmm. but that Billie Eilish is a hot topic teen, and I feel a deeper kinship with that. So That's I, true. I can, I'm revisiting those kinds of dumbass teenager emotions. Okay. And her whole vibe is just perfect spider. Yeah. Come on. I mean, yeah. yeah. She, she, Billy she Eilish has a resistance herself. doctor. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I believe that, though. Yeah. I do. That what would else be fun. Okay, no, please. And then it's the baby is J-Bone. Mm. Yeah. The <laughs> baby. Oh, yeah. He would be so good at it. So is our entire cast super young? <laughs> yeah. This would Except be like for Johnny Monic Day Division. Yeah. <laughs> It's all kids, basically. Yeah, and then it's just all Zoomers. Uh, this movie won't be fucked up. Yeah. No, no. you could do mm-hmm. John Boyega as Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah, Jason Honestly, Momoa is that... the Jesus Christ assassin. Yes, Wait, yes, yeah. yes, 100%. No, yeah. John Boyega is Johnny Mnemonic. I'm actually, that's my one serious contribution. The other two were jokes. Yeah. No. I think about this and like, he's a, a nerdy guy. He loves Star Wars, but he's not an anime black. He's like just a hood guy. And Ooh, he, right. he yeah. watching him get angrier and angrier during the course of that movie would be amazing. Also, John Boyega <laughs> plays great. exasperated so well. He does. When he's just like, he like wants to get somewhere and he's frustrated. I mean, that's like. The, Imagine they, they, him doing that big speech. Like, I want room service. Oh, my yeah. God. It, okay, here's the question. Uh, English accent or American? <laughs> oh, it's got to be English because of the cyberpunk. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. It's I like it. dirty and international and kind of European. Okay. Yeah. So who replaces Takeshi Kitano? Uh, Clive Owen. No, 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 no. no, Clive, no. Clive Owen's played too many characters like that. Oh, recently. right. Okay, we like, got to go against that, type? He does that in Gemini Man. He did that yeah. in Valerian. I, I, I honestly... Julianne like, Moore. Well, there's that one is like Japanese actor that is cast in all the Hollywood things. That's the, Jap- the Japanese guy. That was in gonna... uh, Hiroki Sanada? Yeah. 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 Um, he would be good at that, but I feel like... Yao there... Ming. I mean, does he act? He no. Could, well, here's the thing. <laughs> he might. He might there, be in like There is this Chinese collection of like, you know, either um, Chinese huge. or Japanese actors where like, it's just like the same ones that get put in these kind of like roles with gravitas in American films. Yeah. It's like, okay, like, like Michelle Yeoh. Or yeah. like yeah. Chow Yun-Fat. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, oh, right. Or I, or I honestly, like I, I, I'm blanking on his name because he's in so many good movies, but like the, uh, like the, the, the dad in Parasite. It's yeah. like, oh, like, he's like the he's Korean great, guy. But you're right. Yeah. And everything. And he it's would like, be really, really good. Right. But I feel like, honestly, is it just like, would it just be a cliche to just get another like Asian actor with a lot of gravitas to I put would just role? love to see one of the guys, one of the Asian actors that is so legendary that ends up in all of the Yakuza games. One yeah. of those, one of those legendary <laughs> right. Yakuza actors that ends up in the Yakuza games because they are so legendary. Just any one of those guys. What if it's yeah. just, would have been what if it's literally Shenmue? Ugh. It's just Shenmue, <laughs> just, just a CGI guy. <laughs> but from the original one, not the yeah, new one. Not like Shenmue super 3. polygonal, like yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah, just a bunch of triangles. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. Yeah. Oh, for the head of the big pharma corp? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. What about Aziz Ansari? Okay, so the... <laughs> fuck. 
Just, We're gonna get the cure so, for Ned. So for Shinji, just, did you guys see? I saw this for work. Did you guys see the the tomb? Yeah, the Tomb Raider movie. Uh, uh, a long time ago. No, 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 no. The, the new, new one. one with, oh, oh, the one with, with Alicia Vikander. Yeah, no. no. Yeah. Um, well, there he, she, in that movie, she goes to China and finds like someone that can like get her to the Tomb Raider oh, island. No. It's the guy who was the star of Into the Badlands. He would be a fantastic Shinji. And she oh, should yeah. imagine the fight scenes you would get with that Shinji. Okay, that's perfect. And that's great. Also, I don't know what character he's going to play. Yeah. We, but can we just put Walton Goggins in it? Yes. Yeah. Like, you I, can play I, like a low tech guy. He's yes, Ralphie. Walton Goggins is Ralphie because I just I want to see Walton Goggins in a cyberpunk thing. Yeah. So bad. Now who directs it? You could also it? tell ask hey. someone if they wanted to suck an old man's dick in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> is that the best line on television in yes. 2019? Yes. 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 Should we cut our losses and and sign off? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um. This uh, movie's fun. No, we're all going to direct it, the four of us together. Booyah. Yeah. We'll do it. I feel like that would be totally coherent and <laughs> yeah, like right. a normal movie, watchable movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'll be great. Uh, I mean, look, we're all on the same page about this. Should 100%. we end this episode? Let's do it. Okay. Uh, Gita, thank you so much. No yes, problem. Thank you. This was fun. I love the us. shit out of Keanu Reeves. If you ever want me back to talk about Keanu Reeves, please. This is what yeah. we want to hear. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Um, Gita, where can people check out more of your stuff or, or like encounter you on the internet. Uh, I am XOXO Gossip Gita on Twitter. I am a writer nice. for Kotaku and uh, those are basically the only two things you really need to know about me. So, Essential. There you go. Great. Well, yeah. thank you. Uh, so guys, I want to thank Brian Pulitz for our theme song. Thank you, uh, Emma Logson, for our artwork. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Keanu Podcast. If you want, you can send us an email keanupodcast at gmail.com. You can talk about these episodes in our subreddit, r slash yes. thrillums. And Jake, you want to plug in? Yes, I am at Vero. You can follow me at the real JT. Woo! On Vero. You using that Vero much? Using that Vero, not really. You hear Zack Snyder's back in the news because it's Vero. You gonna be the other big Vero user? Because <laughs> of uh, Vero. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Everyone follow. I'm Jake. telling you. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm. I'm. The more uh, that I find out that Zack Snyder just is on Vero and Vero alone, the more I'm gonna just basically use my very very small presence there to convince him to do the Fountainhead. Yeah. I want I him mean, to only do Ayn Rand adaptations going what's forward. What's stopping to this day. him? Nothing. Like, he's a low key fascist who clearly loves Ayn Rand. Like, why is he not already doing this? I know. He's he not needs to make it enough. It's his, no, no, yeah. it's his next. He's currently making this, like, zombie action movie for Netflix, and it's his next project after that. Like, yes. he, he, it is happening. Dude, I can't wait. I, I'm so excited. So I everyone, just need him to be the man that he is. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> so, okay. Follow Jake on Vero. Convince yes. Zack Snyder to make the fountainhead and Live be your truth to each other. Bye.